Last week I forgot to uh, stop recording my backup and I had like a fucking three hour long oh, file. That's, that's nothing. <laughs> I've had like 24 hour backups and shit. There's a, there's a good number of recordings that I have like in my archive, like on the hard drive that are just like, you can hear me playing drums six hours after we <laughs> recorded because I saved the whole thing. And it records like in the same room, basically. Or even at my old house, if I went and played, you could still hear it enough in the rest of the house that it sounded like a pretty solid recording of me playing drums for like an hour or whatever. But like inside of a 48-hour window where I just left Audition running on one of my hard drives, I killed that hard drive real bad that weekend. <laughs> not super pleasant. Whew. Still choking. I had freezy choke. Not doing well. I'm trying to get my notes in order here. All right. Everybody rolling? You guys all good? Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode 219. I may choke to death and not even get through this whole episode, so <laughs> let's just get right into it right here. Uh, this is a podcast where we swear about nerdy things to stave off or um, or perpetuate, I guess, our craziness. Um, we're joined, therefore, by Alicia this week again. So say hello, Alicia. Hi. I don't know sure if she's staving off or perpetuating the insanity, but uh, Tim's here, too, obviously. <coughs> Por- Kalos dose. Why not both? <laughs> that's kind of what i'm doing but I'm multitasking yeah basically <laughs> oh so how you guys doing yeah, we're doing all right it's uh you know another week in fucking coronavirus paradise oh lord yeah those case numbers stress me out yeah yeah it's not good for anybody that is not in ontario right now it, i mean like, depending on where you are that might be a good thing because ontario is not doing so hot right now with nope. covid numbers oh we're going through the second wave yeah. It's better than Georgia. It's still on their first wave. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even like our case numbers now are like the Georgia case numbers when they're at their lowest. I'm not saying I want to switch my COVID plan from the Canadian one to the American one. I'm just saying I'm not happy with either. Yeah. So, like, no, that's fair. I mean, Canada is in like the top three worst countries to be in or whatever. <sighs> It's, it's the top three like worst liberal based countries to be in or something yeah. like that. Like yeah. we're we're not performing very well, but you know, I came here from the states, so I like the we. I'm glad you're on you're on board. <laughs> like you you've you've abandoned your American roots already that quickly. I, I mean, after that debate, I don't argue with your quickly like. Oh we. man, I didn't even watch it. I, I can't I, I can't listen to Donald Trump's voice is terrible but man like as soon as I started like living up here I switched to saying Z instead of Z like I'm yep. all in yeah it's crazy it's like <laughs> uh it's like a disease they give you it's just maple tinged everything smells like maple and you start saying Z and the what's the other one what do we what else the other a it's a lot of a's with U's yeah, lots of use favor favorite, you know, yeah. color, <laughs> which you should be very fond of as an Adobe user, where you get to have to spell color with the C O L O U R with yeah. everybody else, but all the programs you use spell it the American way because <laughs> welcome to Adobe. There it I'm is. still working for an American company, so that's not mm-hmm. a problem for me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Cool. So I guess we should get into the weekly world news. <coughs> that's not the word I wanted to use. Weekly world news is that tabloid, right? Geek, geek, geekly world news, maybe. <sighs> I'm still choking on Freezy here. I'm having like. Having How do you choke? There's like nothing. <laughs> I don't know. You're Freezy having a real bad time. Liquid in your mouth. I'm having a rough start. You know, like I was trying to get. You're not supposed to deep fast. throat it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. 
that are, are we still doing what, phrasing? Th- then what the fuck else am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> it's practice, right? It's all practice. <laughs> Either right. We'll we'll do the we'll do the geek news for the week. First story. I'm a fucking complete idiot. Uh, more so than just like what we've already been talking about tonight. But like last week, I completely forgot. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> that got to burp. That's good. You guys stop laughing. That I can cut it all out. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. And last week, didn't even remotely remember that Zenimax was bought out by Microsoft in like the biggest gaming deal. Oh yeah. In, like forever so like 7.4 billion dollars to buy the zenimax is the publishing kind of overarching company that owns like bethesda and id tech and uh machine works so this is basically elder scrolls doom wolfenstein uh fallout and a number of other huge 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 uh american computer franchises that are coming exclusively to microsoft uh yeah, now so that, that really bumps up xbox's exclusives uh exclusive offerings and the next gen right yeah, uh, basically, like as of right now, they're already giving away Doom Eternal as part of Game Pass, like that. So all those games will be going to Game Pass uh, for yeah. free, well, not for free, like as part of Game Pass for next gen Xbox, which is kind of changes the complexion of the war this time out a little yeah. bit. It may not be like a complete like, oh, Sony's going to die now because uh, obviously they still have their own exclusives and all that kind of stuff that sell systems yeah, but on their own. If there are people but, that are like, you know, that were on the fence and are big fans of one of those franchises, then yeah, know, they're, absolutely, they're, they're going to lean definitely towards Xbox now. If you, yeah, if you like, if you were a big Doom slash Wolfenstein player, <laughs> or like Fallout you would, or whatever, there's a huge yeah. Fallout fan base. It's probably the, most of those guys probably play those on PC. But either way, like it's still it's a nice like cadre of titles to have exclusive to your deck if you are in that console or space because like that's like. All those big RPGs, all those really awesome first-person shooters that like Bethesda or um, ID and Machine Works are making right now, like fantastic stuff. So, yeah, it's a big deal. But whew, that's Microsoft just swinging that massive money around that it <laughs> yes, has. Indeed. Moving on. Speaking of other companies that have massive money, uh, Marvel has cast its Miss Marvel for its Disney Plus series, and it's a complete unknown whose name I'm probably going to butcher when I try to, you know, read it. So, <laughs> it's Iman Vellani. Why is, it, like, why is that not in the first paragraph of this story? It is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's she's definitely, you know, of Muslim descent. Uh, yeah. And so that's... Doesn't even have an IMDb page, which is also part of the problem I'm having trying to like do any research on her. She's 18 <laughs> and was just... Ca- this is her first role, so she must be killing it. So, I mean, that's hot off the heels of uh, Tatiana Maslany being cast in She-Hulk. And we got looks at WandaVision, so... Yeah, it's kind of cool that uh, we're going to get that Kamala Khan show. And apparently, like Kevin Feige saying, they're going to include her in the movies. She played a big part in the uh, Avenger or the PlayStation or whatever, like the video game that just came out, the Avengers game that just came out. She's kind of the main character that incites the Avengers to get back together in that, apparently. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, this is big news. I don't know when they're going to get to shoot this show because it sounds like everything's still kind of like everything's yeah, pretty I mean, quiet still on that there's some things that are going back to filming, but like here and there, but it's yeah, slow. it's not, it's, 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 it's slow. slow going. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, Disney, I mean, it's a Disney plus show that we're probably going to watch and review because it is a Marvel show. So yep. we'll see what that's there. Other streaming news. Netflix has announced they're doing a Conan the Barbarian series, which just sent me into the fucking stratosphere. Happy this week. <laughs> I saw that. I knew, knew you were going to be happy about that one. Yeah. It's funny. Cause the story says they sealed the deal with Conan properties international. And I've been, 
talking to those guys for a fucking year trying to get like <laughs> licensing for prints and stuff because yeah. I have a ton of Conan art in my backlog that would be cool to put online. But yeah, maybe they were busy with this and now they'll have they'll have a little more time now they've got this deal. Yeah, with the Netflix deal, it's a good time to get in on this fucking that that train i guess too so that'll maybe that'll work out for me who knows but yeah that sounds like they want to go back and do more stuff based like directly on the old robert e howard stories maybe take some of the racisty stuff out a little bit (laughs) but uh for the most part it's just fun swashbuckly you know barbarian stories so yeah (laughs) yeah so it should be pretty like i'm on board because after having sat through game of thrones and all this other like hoity-toity fantasy shit i'm all good for just like badass conan running through and killing fucking witches and you know sleeping with pretty ladies <laughs> keep it simple keep it simple yeah apparently avatar 2 has completed filming so we'll see that sometime in 2038 sure we will probably I not i don't that's one I, that i don't know if i'm gonna want to bother to cover on the podcast but i guess i've never even seen the first one i just like talking <laughs> about it because i know it's gonna bomb it's gonna be hilarious <laughs> Yeah, I saw I, the the article headline I saw was that like you know biggest Avatar fan ever James Cameron yeah uh, <laughs> reports the uh, completion of Avatar two or something like that yeah the oh, shouldn't be biggest <laughs> Avatar fan I was gonna say he's the only one who cares yeah <laughs> he's Avatar's only fan actually so yeah, he's making like four more fucking movies. <sighs> it, he's gonna die before those things finish. I'm sure. I. I don't know, man. I think he's a Terminator. I think he's going to live forever. Like, <laughs> at least till those movies are done. I feel like that's like his mission on like being alive is getting those fucking movies made now. Although you think if that was the case, he would be doing it a, a fuck of a lot faster than he has been because we've been talking about this horse shit forever. And I don't think the entire time we've been talking about it, I've ever cared enough or cared, period. And also cared enough to go and watch the movie because I still haven't seen the first one. Yeah. No interest whatsoever. I watched The Dark Knight Rises for like the 19th time this week. <laughs> and I still have never seen Avatar. But That's you know. a, it's a good life choice. Yeah, probably. Actually, I really enjoyed that, so we'll get into that later. I don't know. Do we want to talk about Warner Brothers being complete idiots about J.K. Rowling? Or can we just like ignore the fact that that game is happening? It's, it's only Warner Games. And yeah, yeah. I we don't have to talk about that. It's, it's like every week, fucking like there's some shit about J.K. Rowling and one of her many promotional deals or whatever failing to disavow her i mean let's say jk rowling's still a trash fire (laughs) yeah i uh i don't even like bringing it up half the time but the headlines are always there and it always amuses me when everybody else around her is like how are we going to salvage this because we made billions of dollars with this franchise that is now a toxic waste dump yeah because her name is always going to be attached to it right like you can't do harry potter and not there are people who were trying to divorce her from it, and uh, I just don't think you can. <laughs> no, no. It probably would have been easier if she had just shut her fucking mouth after the when she was tweeting all the extra stuff afterwards, and like just kept going on about the books and stuff. Go right. Oh, if yeah. she had written something else and done something else, as opposed to just completely like constantly tweeting and adjusting her own canon to suit her Twitter needs, that probably would have been easier to do. But now she's just like she's always been so like. It's my franchise that I do all weird things with, and I made this guy gay, but he's not a trans because I don't believe in that. But yeah, I'm surprised know. Warner Brothers hasn't put a hit out on her. Honestly, I mean they don't talk about that kind of stuff publicly, <laughs> but like, I mean it's harder to travel right now, so I assume <laughs> even if you're John Wick, it's going to take longer to get to wherever the f- she's England, right? Like, does she still live in England though? 
I thought she had moved to the U.S., but I'm not sure. I was going to say, I'm sure she lives in California by now. Like, why would you not? Makes sense. And, you know, the transphobic shit would make sense with her moving to the U.S. That makes sense in the U.K., too. There's enough of those scumbags Mm -hmm. everywhere. Anyway, that was uh, that was about all I had for the news. I'm sure Tim has other stuff that I missed. Oh, but no, you missed the one from this afternoon. Or, or, or just afternoon. or just choose to ignore that they're bringing Jamie Foxx back as Electro for oh, Spider-Man yeah. Three. Yeah, I'm choosing to ignore that as rumor because like that's not going to happen. There's no fucking way they're putting it out there because he wants to come back. I guarantee it. It's, but they're going to get all the Twitter reporter, shit. But Is it? Yeah, that's happened before though. Well, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? I don't want to see that. No. Is I mean that was the fucking worst Spider-Man movie, and I saw it Spider-Man Three. Yeah, we're never doing those movies like the way we're doing these <laughs> Batman movies. Every every other fucking movie, we'd like want to slit our wrists. Uh, no, because there's only one good movie in those first five. Really, like the second Spider-Man is the only one that's like really watchable. The first yeah, one, I like the, I like oh, the a little cloying. So yeah. I don't. Yeah, I think it, I don't. It doesn't hold together very well. Like yeah. in retrospect and those two amazing movies are the first one's just soulless and the second one is a fucking atrocity yeah so yeah i can't do five of those movies they'd be like oh good thank god we got to doc ock now we have three movies of complete fucking garbage to sit through (laughs) it was bad enough doing two schumacher movies in a row you know what i mean holy god i know that almost ended me yeah well hey we got some good stuff now we're into the good stuff we're done with the good stuff now the next (laughs) one which is your fault (laughs) <laughs> that's a problem <laughs> yeah. yeah this i don't know i don't want to see that <laughs> and then the only other one that uh, i had um is something that you definitely would have glazed over but uh just yes no two days ago disney announced that they were going to be laying off like twenty eight thousand of their like theme park and events employees and stuff like that because Disneyland is still in the U.S. because like Disneyland still closed and Disney World is on like limited fucking. I mean, should still be fucking closed, but isn't and is on like limited attendance right now. And so I have a couple of friends that had been furloughed like back in April or whatever, and now yeah. have no idea whether they're going to have a job to come back to or not. So fucked up oh. times for Disney theme parks. Oh, see, all my friends are in the creative fields. Who we've been just butt fucked since the start of this thing so unless you unless you got to stick with the gig you were in before and even then a lot of people were getting laid off too so it was yeah yeah yep me and everybody else laying off half of our marketing department which is great like you know you're not doing as much business the first thing you want to do is lay off half your marketing department (laughs) yeah the team that (laughs) generates your business yeah it's always the art and marketing teams that just get shit kicked first. And it's always like, well, how are you going to expect to make money on this garbage you're selling without people to like trick people into buying it? Yeah, that's exactly. what we do. <laughs> but all right, fine. Fucking fire me. I guess that's easier. I guess. Anyway, enough bitterness. <laughs> I mean, this, this podcast, which means oh, it's just, wait, can I add some bitterness? Sure. Go nuts. <laughs> um, the uh trailer for the craft remake dropped oh yes i saw it garbage yeah (laughs) how dare you one try to ever replace feruza balk in anything (laughs) like the visual effects in that trailer they look like disney princess bullshit it's because it is Disney Princess bullshit, isn't it? Like, who's making that? I didn't. I, I, I saw the trailer, know. <laughs> and I don't even remember anymore. Um, 
Although I did see that, like, the trailer basically confirms that it's sort of a continuation rather than a full reboot. Oh, are they bringing uh, Robin Tunney back? Because I don't know if they're bringing sick. any of the originals back, but like, it sounds like those, you know, they're they're going to acknowledge the events of that movie. Okay, fair enough. I haven't, man, I have not seen that movie since like back then, basically, like when it kind of came out. Yeah, I fucking loved that movie. Of course, I did. Yeah, I mean, I liked the movie. It just wasn't something I watched. I didn't like click with me the way a lot of other things did. But I mean, Robin Tanya and Fruza Balk kind of clicked with me. But that's about it. Yeah, Fruza Balk is a a big reason why I like the kind of girls I like. You yeah. know, the scary ones that are going to eat you. I uh, I relate to that emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That is uh, is that all you got there, Tim? Oh man, I love fast news times. Geek of the week time. <laughs> Geek of the week. It's the uh, segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. So uh, let's start with Alicia, since she's our guest. Eh, I haven't really been doing much of anything interesting. I spent a fair amount of time reinstalling my developer version of Windows 10 on my virtual machine. Ugh. <laughs> That's exciting. I installed an H, uh, like an SSD for my dad this week. Like that's where the excitement level is overall. So, <laughs> yay COVID. Yeah, man. Cool. I mean, what are you doing with that? Uh, it, it's literally just to play uh, video games that I can't play on my Mac. So I have it. Oh, you're using. Okay, that's right. You're using boot camp. So oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and okay. my developer version expires every ninety days. So yeah, they do that. Yeah. So they got to keep uh, keep those driver bases up to date for programmers, though, because those fuckers won't do it themselves. And if they don't have those up to date, it fucks everything up. Yeah, I feel so. like I can potentially say that I have a legitimate business use for it since I do do a fair amount of web development. Eh, whatever. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. What about you, Tim? Just like I'm in fucking full blown Halloween mode, we put up our Halloween or some of most of our Halloween decorations uh, last weekend, and I've just been like fucking binge watching horror movies i watched midsummer last week or on the weekend i think which was like really pretty and really like well produced but i wasn't a huge fan of the actual script what else i watched all five of the sleepaway camp movies which was a grave mistake grave error do not do zero out of ten would not recommend well the first one is fine and it's like it's a cult classic now and i think it deserves that status and what else oh i just watched nightbreed for the first time today which is one of the clive barker like based on a clive barker story and has like a Mm -hmm. bunch of his like crazy creature designs in the movie as well and that was pretty good too i can't believe that one that was the first time i ever watched that one because that's like a 30 year old movie so yeah i've seen that one oh like i saw it a long time ago but yeah it's a good one so just all the horror movies basically Dope. My geek of the week. I was I was doing horticulture this week. Is it horticulture? No, I don't know. I harvested my weed plants. Basically, botany. is what I spent. A- agriculture. Yeah, botany. <laughs> we'll go with botany. I like botany. Botany is the best. Like Keiko O'Brien, the least botany interesting character Bay? on any Star Trek. Yes, also that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I yeah those huge plants that I was sending pictures. I was been sending pictures to the guys of my six foot plus pot plants in my parents' backyard, <laughs> and uh, we harvested them this week in. I basically ate up two days of the week because it took two days to get through those two plants and everything's hanging in the basement and drying out right now. Lots of fun. So I should be able to report on quality shortly. A couple weeks, I think. It's got a cure and then I'll be able to smoke some of it and 
find out. But that, yeah, that I was like, what did I do this week? It's like Monday. What did I do Monday? I, don't know, I didn't really do anything Monday. It's like, no, you actually did. You sat outside and snipped fucking weed plants for like eight hours. <laughs> so there you go. The labor of love. Yeah. Well, it'll be lots of love later. So there's that. Awesome. So that means we're, holy shit, we're at the end of the episode and it's not 48 minutes into the episode. I'm yeah. fucking ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, man. Meet of the episode time. Meet born in the dark. Ah, uh, yeah. The best kind. <laughs> dark meat. Wait, phrasing? <laughs> sure. Awesome. All right. So it's Batman time, which is why we have Alicia here, because she loves Batman <laughs> as much as we do. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yep. That's, the, that's the ticket, right? <laughs> so we're back to end the Nolan trilogy today. This is 2012's The Dark Knight Rises we're talking about tonight. Christian Bale returning alongside the core cast of the two previous movies. So Gary Oldman is back as James Gordon. Morgan Freeman is Lucius Fox. Michael Caine is Alfred. We're introduced here to the best on-screen Catwoman ever. Full stop. And I will not accept any arguments. <laughs> Played by Anne Hathaway. And thank you whoever decided to make her ride that bat pod the whole time. <laughs> In her cat suit. Yes, yes. <laughs> Marianne Cotillard is Miranda Tate, who we, spoilers, eventually find out is actually Talia al Ghul. It's become very apparent to me watching these movies that Chris Nolan and I have like identical taste in women. So there's that. <laughs> and I, I wrote in my notes, finally, Tom Hardy uh, channeling Sean Connery and Darth Vader to play Bane. But I forgot <laughs> about Joseph Gordon-Levitt because I always forget about Joseph Gordon-Levitt when I talk about this movie. I, I couldn't fucking remember his name the whole time we were watching the movie last night. I kept I kept wanting to call him fucking Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> He's like similar skin tone, like they're similar age, and they had similar haircuts on Home Improvement and Third Rock from the Sun. I'm sorry, Jonathan Taylor Thomas's coloring is completely different. He's a lot more like sandy blonde and a lot less black. All right, Tiger Beat. <laughs> I am not even going to deny that. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So, see, I only remembered it because I'm like, once the movie started and they introduced the character, I was writing my notes. And I was like, I always forget he's in this movie. Yeah. Like, I think about everything else in this movie, specifically Tom Hardy as Bane and Anne Hathaway as Selena Kyle. Yeah. And I forget that Joseph Gordon Levitt is in this movie and is basically the main character of it. <laughs> it's like as the biggest cock tease in the Nolan trilogy. Yes. Basically. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, there is that. So I remember having a pretty low key reaction to this. The first time I saw it, also the press around it opening weekend didn't really help it because of the, there was that shooting that happened like opening. Weekend oh, or whatever. Yeah. oh yeah. That was so, the Colorado. Yeah. 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 Aurora. Yep. So that was a weird weekend. Um, so for me, I guess it's a mix of like, it's a mix of I miss the Joker, obviously, because like we don't get Heath back in this. And I'm kind of not a fan of Batman stories where he gives up being Batman. <laughs> so like the, when I first watched this, I was like, I don't this is just I just feel deflated, basically. In the intervening years, apparently this movie's either improved or I just kind of forgot about hating it at that time because I watched it like this week and was like, wait, this is actually pretty fucking dope. It's really overwritten but pretty kind of dope. So what did you guys think? Let's start with Alicia. I always like starting with Alicia. <laughs> Meh. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> All right, Tim. <laughs> what are your opening thoughts about Dark Knight Rises? I liked this from the get-go. Like, it, you know, as you said, like this 
movie had a pretty troubled release and got mm-hmm. a lot of bad press because you know I think people were just going in expecting not to like it because they'd been so blown away by Heath Ledger in mm-hmm. Dark Knight. But yeah, I mean, same watching it through this time. I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's my second favorite of these movies. I think. Yes. And yeah. uh, I think if you were just to sit down and watch it on its own, it probably holds together the best out of the three kind of plot wise like it does there's no major plot jank in this one for me the way that there is in dark knight where he talked about like harvey dent being like squished in and in, in yeah. batman begins see this one this one feels like it's two movies in one to me which like i mean it's three hours long and there's <laughs> a lot of extras there's a lot of stuff in here right like it's a very dense movie there's tons of shit happening yeah which is why i'm very very excited for you to tell me the plot of this movie i want to I, like no, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Tim, give me the plot. I was going to be like, at least you got to try to start. It would be so short if you asked me to give you the <laughs> yeah, plot. Exactly. All right, Tim, let's uh, let's walk through the plot here. So Bane hijacks in a very impressive opening scene, uh, yeah. hijacks a like Russian scientist that can that we later learn is able to turn this reactor that Bruce Wayne has made. That's like one of these. It could save the world, but in the wrong hands, it could destroy the world kind of technologies. Yes. And this scientist can turn that into a neutron bomb, basically, can destabilize it. So everybody thinks that he's dead because they put his, they put his blood in someone else. Yeah, I don't think that really actually of, works logically. In, in but one like, of Bane's henchmen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... That's fine. So that, I mean, that instantly turns all the DNA in your body into that other person's DNA. I guess. I was like, at least like they're gonna get dental records, right? <laughs> at least like his teeth out, right? The, I mean, I guess if, if you're fucking picking shit out of like a plane wreckage, first there's not gonna be a whole shitload left there for you to like. You're gonna have to pick up the teeth from ha- all over the fucking crash site, and if your like fucking crash was that bad, there's not like you're probably on fire with jet fuel. And there's probably not a whole lot of blood left in your body to fucking test either. So yeah, this this that whole point kind of moot. They would just be counting corpses, basically. <laughs> yeah. But either way, it's an awesome sequence. This is like oh, it is so good. I think this is the the sequence that Nolan considers like the finest piece of like filmmaking that he ever did, just based on like how difficult it was to yeah f- like really fly these planes that close together and do all this like effects work it looked it i mean a lot of it looked practical i don't know how much of it actually was a lot of it was practical it's yeah. chris nolan you know what i mean like he spent they spent a lot of money on this sequence uh, yeah. i'm sure there was some cg to kind of sweeten it but for the most part like all that shit happened i think in real life so yeah like like which is nuts if they did the i and i know i've seen this because i've watched all the special features for this movie before if they did the part where they uh pull up the the plane and the uh, wings shear off mm-hmm. if they did that practically i'd be super impressed yeah i think that's part of what they did practically and that's why he considers it such an achievement i'd have to go yeah. and look it up again i was reading i read 14 articles about this movie yesterday and i forget all of them so yeah yay <laughs> so after that we're brought back to gotham we find out that batman's been gone since the death of harvey dent because there's poor shit wait sorry i didn't say that loud wait <laughs> so for like eight years he's just disappeared into his mansion and he's become like this howard hughesy kind of guy and his he's walking with a cane because like one of his knees is fucked basically from yeah probably from the fall that he took it's from the fall i think they they kind of imply yeah yeah and then Catwoman steals his mother's pearls, which have a tracker in them. I don't know why he put a tracker in his mother's pearls. 
I guess because well, they're he's fresh paranoid. Yeah, Batman, and he's paranoid. So yeah. yeah. Then Bane sets up in the sewers. So I guess that part at least is kind of similar to the that. That's like where the similarity ends between this and Batman and Robin. What's that? Is like he sets up shop in the sewers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there was some other stuff that I was like, huh, interesting. Batman still can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> yeah, even I did. Fifty years later, still <laughs> has trouble with the bomb disposal. Some days, some Sometimes, days, yeah, just man. Can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. So we should probably talk like quickly though. We kind of glossed over Jim Gordon was going to tell the world about Harvey Dent and decided All not right. to to keep the lie going so that he could keep everybody in jail. And yeah. there's a whole subplot about. I think this is where they introduce Miranda Tate and the guy, the Daggett guy, who yeah. is using He's like doing a takeover of of Wayne Enterprises and also yeah. using also funding Bane or has brought Bane to Gotham and is using him to kind of like, like make money. Basically he's using like the terrorist activities of Bane to do his shit. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's a nice lot, guy. there's a lot of levels going. There's on a lot this. of shit in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Bane's in Gotham and he starts like re- recruiting the downtrodden, basically the, the mm-hmm. forgotten of Gotham and using them to start like just sowing discord and shit. And also just building up resources for, a bigger thing under the city. Gordon chases him down there at one point. Is it? Yeah. Oh, wait. And then so they, the, oh, they capture, what else Selena they, does. Selena goes, she, she's, she's actually not there to steal the pearl. She's there to steal his. Oh, his fingerprints. Right. Right. She sold to Daggett in my favorite scene, like the scene that made me love Anne Hathaway a hundred percent for the rest of my life, where she double plays everybody in the bar. Yeah. Like she brings the Congressman in and then starts shrieking as the gunshots go off. So the cops ignore her and something like this is, how quickly she can tone shift like that. Oh, it's, so good. I love so it. So good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, because the, the, the gunmen disappear into the sewers and Gordon follows them down there where he encounters Bane and then yeah. he's put and into then, the hospital or whatever. Yeah, he gets he gets shot and then, yeah, he, he's in the hospital for the foreseeable future after that. And then mm-hmm. stock exchange. Yeah. Then the yeah. stock exchange scene. So Bane uh, goes and they steal a bunch of money by like getting the codes to the stock exchange or something like that. And then, then obligatory car chase scene through the streets of Gotham is Catwoman in that. Is that the one that Catwoman's in? No, that's later. No, no, no. She's uh, because she's th- this kind of parses right off of, well, no, how did this, how, how did he get involved with this? Yeah, she's just not around. She's just not around for this part at all, yeah. right? Like she, like you, you follow Bane out of the thing, and then the lights go out, and Batman returns, which yeah. is like up to this point, this movie's so fucking good for this stuff. I'm like, I'm having such a good time watching this. Oh, and and when Bane like uh, hijacks the stock exchange, what he does is basically bankrupts Bruce Wayne. Yes, that's it. Yeah, he transfers all his fortune away, kind of thing, which doesn't actually work that way. But you know, sure. Okay. Well, I guess he. What they say is like he made a bunch. They made a bunch of transactions that yeah. basically ruined him. You know, yeah. selling off all his stock at at nothing or something or whatever. Yeah, it's still not really how that works, but whatever. It, then, yeah, Bruce and Miranda Tate start having a romantic entanglement, and at the same time, Bruce and Selena start having a romantic entanglement. Yeah, one of which I believe, and the other one which I do not at all believe. So, yeah. <laughs> this is kind of where Alfred leaves. I think right. Yeah, like the yeah, big Alfred yeah, scene happens. Where, yeah, where Alfred's like, "Fuck this, I'm out." Mic drop. Because yeah, he's also because he's, he's afraid Bruce is going to die because he's not strong enough to face Bane, which he turns out not to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that at that point, we yeah, Batman. Well, Catwoman leads Batman to Bane. He bones down with Talia first, right? Like because they go back to the mansion. <laughs> yeah. And he 
ditches her in the middle of the night to go out with his other girlfriend, like his Batman girlfriend. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, that's, this is such Batman horse shit too. Like I didn't, <laughs> I never put that together when I was watching it initially, but I was like, this is such a Batman thing to do. Like he goes to bed with his like Bruce Wayne girlfriend and then leaves her in his mansion, which has no power. And like, I don't know what the fuck she's supposed to do in that mansion by herself yeah. while he's off trying to bone down with, or actually beat the shit out of Bane. But like, he's going to meet with Catwoman. It's basically going on a date with Catwoman. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but all right, cool. Batman. Worst date ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, for him, he gets his back broken and sent to some prison. Yeah. That's the worst. That's, 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 that's the what worst. happens next, basically. <laughs> that's the worst catfishing fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, Dark Bane breaks the bat. That's a lot of Which is an awesome scene. Like, I yeah. love that fight scene. It's like, just after, fantastic. After, like, beating the shit out of him. Like, yeah. You know, just hammering on his cowl so hard that he cracks it and shit. Yeah, which is a nice callback to the first movie where like they crack the cow really easily and they, yeah. they make mention they're going to get like a much stronger one. And now he's had to he puts the work in to crack it, but he's so strong that he can crack it. It's kind of cool. So, yeah. And then Bane sends Batman or Bruce off to. Well, it, they don't they have they don't think they actually call it Santa Prisha. They just it's call not. It no, Bane. because it's like it's got to be an Arab country. Right. Because they're mm-hmm. talking about how it's all set around where Talia's mother's mother was the princess. And it's in that oh, same right, country. Right, right. Yeah. So it's it's some no-name Middle Eastern country, which makes it even more baffling as to how Bruce got back to Gotham in any reasonable <laughs> amount of time. So yeah, <laughs> that's the big gloss over for me in this movie. He's like, how did he get back? <laughs> time right. skip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's already lost his fortune. Nobody, he has no ID and he's stuck in like Uzbekistan or some horse shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that happens later. Uh, before that, Bane goes in and like fucking just wreaks havoc on Gotham, blows up almost all the bridges, like blows up the fucking stadium, just has planted bombs all over the city uh, because he is estranged from the League of Shadows, but still wants to like, now he thinks, the he's, the le- he's, thinks yeah. he's the League of Shadows and wants to like fulfill Rachel Ghoul's, Rachel Ghoul's purpose. It's Roz in this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> and like basically topple Gotham society and sort of bring it back to nature because he's all, always some brand of eco terrorism. Yeah, and he traps all the cops in the sewer. Yeah, in like a pretty big showing of stupid ball on the police's part. Yeah, all three thousand cops, which makes no sense. How can there only be three thousand cops in a ten million person city? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, somebody Alicia, to- Alicia had the opposite opinion. I was like, oh. what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like one, why did you send all of your cops in there? And two, three thousand seems like a lot. And then I started doing research, and apparently it's not at no, all. It's a very, it's, it's a ridiculously, size. yeah, it's a ridiculously low number for what is essentially New York City. Yeah. Yeah, New York has thirty-eight thousand cops. Yeah, and like it, this is New York City with like fifteen times the crime problem, right? <laughs> yeah. So like it's Gotham City. So yeah. you would think they might have th- twice as many cops as New York instead of ten percent. <laughs> so all the fucking cops are fro- are stuck in the sewers and somebody's giving them food so they're okay i guess it's bane and his crew that are giving them food i don't, don't, I don't know, know. I don't why, know do you, why do you leave the cops alive in this situation so that you can have a big dumb fight at the end <laughs> where they all have guns and they run at each other instead god it's so hard to to like root for police in 2020 <laughs> I was, yeah, I'm kind of on Bane's side for the most part in this movie. <laughs> like, it's problematic watching these movies back now because, like, both, I mean, you're kind of on Heath Ledger's side regardless just because he's so charismatic in the last movie. And then, like, this one, you're like, wait, Tom Hardy's right. I mean, 
Tom Connery or whatever the fuck he's trying to do here, but like he's <laughs> right about all of this. I mean, he's not doing it right, but like he is right. <laughs> I literally said to Tim in the middle of this, this is exactly what Republicans think Antifa is trying to do. What, like the Bane thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. Remove all the police and like, you know, just have the rich, the, the everything go people. back to the citizens. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Like the rich, rich people get like taken out of their ivory towers and thrown on the street and beaten yeah. and like raped because there's a whole bunch of nasty shit that's implied in the background oh, yeah. as uh, Selena's walking through all the townhouses getting torn apart and stuff like that. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Gotham is like shot to shit, and then we have like a big time jump, like four or five five months later, or something like that. Yeah, it's like it's three to five months or something. Like they don't really specify. You're supposed to believe like Bruce has been stuck in that hole for a while, recovering from yeah. having his fucking vertebrae displaced yeah. or whatever. After yeah, after he found out that we're led to believe that uh, Bane came from the pit and was this child that grew up in the pit and was able to climb up and, and make the like leap of faith to get out of it. Now there's a question for you as a Batman person. Cause I never fell for that. Right. I, I knew that like she was Talia from the fucking drop. So I knew that she had to be the person who got out of the pit. Cause Bane as his son makes no fucking sense. Like I, I feel no sympathy at that point, but if it's Talia, I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. So there you go. I don't know. Yeah, so I, the, I, I mean, I fell for that. Did you fall for that? I, I, hmm. Yeah, that 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 bait and switch hook, line and sinker. The first time that I watched it, because like I'd been reading Batman for like a few years at that point, but you know, this is twenty twelve. So yeah, I hadn't been like co- like actively collecting Batman for that long. I don't think. Now, as soon as they started talking about him as, in terms of League of Shadows, I was like, she's totally Talia. Like Chris Nolan lied, just lied through his fucking teeth because they denied that she was Talia throughout the entire marketing of this movie. And then, like, oh, the, I do like obviously, that. yeah, the first the first day we were all like, oh, yeah, so he lied. <laughs> he, she totally is yeah. Talia. I think I, I figured out, you know, again, based on, like, the marketing and everything that she was Talia. But the I, I hadn't put, I, I didn't, like, pre-call the bait and switch in terms of us being led yeah. to believe it's Bane and then finding out that it's actually Talia. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I know for some reason, like, none of that. I kind of knew the whole time. I was like, yeah, he's got this wrong because, like, clearly she's Talia. Because why yeah. would you cast Marion Cotillard as not have her play Talia? Like, it's it's really well written as yeah. in terms of the way that the information is given to Bruce. And you can see that Bruce is the one that's projecting yes. Bane onto this yeah. rather than somebody else. Uh, yeah. And, like, the, you know, there's they when he says, oh, it was Bane, like, nobody confirms it. You don't hear anybody yeah. say, like, yes, it was or whatever. So, yeah. yeah, so Bruce is watching on the news as like Bane has plunged his city into chaos and like it's become this, this post-apocalyptic hellscape or whatever where there's like a few cops left on the streets and I don't know, they're getting like food, I guess, driven in on the one bridge that still exists. I have no idea. Like they, they gloss over so much information. Like you don't need to know any of that for the story yeah. to like happen, but it's like, uh, okay. We'll just go yeah, with it. You exactly. got to kind of go with just, a bunch of shit. Just buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's winter time now, and uh, Bruce has had like this four months or five months or whatever to get back his strength after Bane broke his back. And I mean, really, he definitely broke his back again the first time he tried to climb out of the pit. Oh, man. Those make my spine just fucking mm-hmm. hurt every oh. time <laughs> I watch the those scenes. Like, oh. It's just like a fucking ragdoll. Yeah, it's, it's like rough. Damn near. Also, the fact that the 
guy who was playing doctor punched his back into place. Elbows, but yes, yeah. <laughs> Full on elbow shot of that fucking vertebrae back in the spot, which was yeah. you know, that's how I mean that's how you fix a computer, right? You just hit it. So never got a person. Yeah, exactly. Spine exactly the yeah. same. That's that's your problem, Mark. Just nobody's ever elbowed you in the back hard enough. Yeah, exactly. I need somebody to elbow me directly in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody get me Brock Lesnar. I need to get elbowed in the back by a monster. (laughs) Yeah, so Bruce goes back to Gotham and gets Selina on his side. And does he also meet with Gordon at that? Oh, yeah, they they have a whole whole fucking meeting. Well, he gets Lucius to, like, suit him up again. Yeah. Including, oh, including finding the bat again, because, which I glazed over before. But we have a, a flying Batmobile now that's just called the bat. Which is awesome. Actually, yep. I kind of like it. So it's pretty, pretty kick-ass. It's more like a hovercraft or like a yeah. Drone it makes a lot more style. sense than him having a jet yeah. that he maneuvers around the city. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. so I was on board for the bat, and it, it looks cool as shit. Like it, it's so nondescript, but like weird looking stuff yeah. too. Look, it looks like a flying version of the tumbler, kind of basically. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah definitely yeah, got yeah. the same industrial design. Yeah, it's got the same like design lineage and stuff from that one one piece to the next, which I which I mean is great. Like it's nice that they took the time to have that continuity between their fucking MacGuffins and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. But yeah, like the scene where they introduced the bat, where like the like, who's that Matthew Modine who's constantly melting off in this movie and then gets shot at the end, very anticlimactic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but he's like, oh, we got him now. He's trapped like a rat, and like the fucking thing turns on. Everybody, they're all like, oh shit. Yeah, are you sure it's him? Like it's a that's it, actually. Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets a couple good lines, but it's all at Matthew Modine's expense, and that's the best one. Where he's like, "Do you think it's you? Are you sure it's him this time?" As he flies away in this fucking flying tank thing, and they're all like, "Yeah, I guess that's probably really Batman." <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Modine, the uh, the cut rate Crispin Glover. Well, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's that also, but he looks so much like uh, Aaron Eckert too. Like especially in this movie where they've got his hair dyed kind yeah. of blonde and shit. And I was like, why are they? Should just fucking kept two face for this movie, goddamn it. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, I should mention that we do get a nice little cameo by Killing Murphy as yep. Jonathan Crane again. He's like manning the courts that uh, are sentencing the wealthy citizens of Gotham and the police yeah. and basically whoever they fucking feel like it. Yeah, well, that's how Batman's reintroduced as Gordon is sent out on the water, like into exile, which is basically just like out on the ice to die. Yeah, and uh. Batman shows up as opposed to them dying kind of thing. And they light the fire with the bat symbol. And I forgot where Bane picks up like basically an army of fucking convicts. Uh, because yeah, he after he blows up, yeah, after he blows up Gotham tells the whole city that Harvey Dent was really a villain and that these people have, you know, is trying to imply that these guys have all been locked up, you know, illegitimately for the past eight years. And then he fucking like causes a riot in Blackgate and they open it up and he gets like these thousand prisoners that are now his little fucking personal enforcers. Yeah. And that's where uh, Selena Kyle was in the interim too. She was in Blackgate at the time. Yeah. Cause she gets picked up trying to leave town after Batman is after she broken. sells. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah, she, she uh, sells, Bruce sells, up. Ba- sells Bruce up the fucking river. Yeah. Well, he so. does that by reading Gordon's resignation letter. Where the fuck does he even get that? So Gordon had it in his jacket the night that he, he went, went to do the, the speech at the beginning, and he had it still on him when he went into the sewers, and that's the only thing they pull off of his... Yeah. They were like, check him. Okay. Bane says, search him, and he pulls out his pistol and that letter, that speech, and yeah. that's where Bane finds that out, so... Yeah. I didn't um, start really hardcore paying attention until about 20 minutes into the movie. 
<laughs> I was which it's that's funny because like I hadn't seen this movie in a while. Like this is not one that I go back to a lot, and it might be now more than it was before because I sat down and was watching. This. I'm like, man, this is a lot of fun. Like the up to him coming back, it's a really dour feeling movie. But like, I don't know. I just enjoy it because it feels like proper Batman. Like it's just yeah. it's all everything's gritty and nasty, and he's all fucked up and old, and you know, yeah. <laughs> Selena yeah. Kyle's there just being awesome, like the whole way through. So there's that. <sighs> So fuck, where am I now? Oh, and I also forgot that uh, there's like 18 different fucking elements to this whole ba- Gotham and chaos thing. Because the other part is that uh, there's that physicist or scientist or whatever turned that energy core and reactor or whatever into a neutron bomb, and then they tagged it. Or they just threw it into a back of a truck and have been, you know, Bane's henchmen have been dragging it around Gotham mobily for those five months. And at the end yeah. of those five months, it explodes or it can be also remotely triggered. So double jeopardy. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, Bruce comes back to Gotham. He hooks up with Selena again. Oh, if only they'd actually shot that. I don't watch that <laughs> 500 times. Then they get the police out of the sewers. Um, all of this is with the help of this Joseph rock quote unquote robin blake uh guy that see would it bother you less if they just called him like dick grayson or jason todd or like an actual robin name like i feel like i would be less bothered by that character as a whole if they'd just been like oh that's dick grayson yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know what i mean i'd be less like annoyed that like at the beginning of the movie when he calls bruce out and like tells him to come back as batman if it's some no-name punk i'm like this is annoying to me but if it's dick grayson my nerve brain's like, oh, this is so exciting, right? Like, it's <laughs> but it also it like it was another one of those ones where if you didn't really, if you weren't paying close attention, you might not pick up on the fact that he was starting to fill that Robin role in yeah. that that Robin sized hole yes. in, in yeah. Batman, <laughs> <laughs> which is usually the other way. The way it works is a, a, the other way around, I assume. But who knows? Yeah, Robin has a bat a Batman sized hole. hole. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or it is eventually let's just put it that way <laughs> uh, we're early earning that e this week really <laughs> earning yeah, that definitely. e yeah so batman and the police confront bane and his army and yeah the, the police are like marching over there and i'm like go police yeah yeah These gotham police ba- too <laughs> Like, why are the police still fucking armed? They've been locked in a fucking sewer for months. Nobody took their weapons away, though. Yeah, they were armed when they went in. So, like, they still had their, like, whatever personal hand up. Like, it's not like they were going to, like, lose their guns, like, (laughs) underground. As soon as they get lost, everybody throws their guns. Yeah, just throws them (laughs) away. We don't need these anymore. We'll build a new civilization. (laughs) Underground. (laughs) With all cops. With hookers and blow. Yeah, except that we can't get hookers all blown out here, so we're fucked. So many of the people who work for Bane are, you know, borderline suicidal. Why would you not send some of those people down there and gather up all the fucking guns? Why would you not send somebody down there and just start fucking hucking grenades and killing all the cops? That yeah. in that position, I you know, because that's what I would have done. If I'm yeah. Bane, I'm like, kill them. I don't yeah, fucking care. Exactly. Like, just kill them all. What's the point? And like, yeah. I, I don't see even an idealistic point in keeping them around, really. That's, unless you're like, really that keen on like, I want to break their spirit or something like that. But like, at that point, I mean, the that only person he seems to, yeah, but the only person he should really care if their spirit is broken or not is the Batman, right? He shouldn't care about anybody else in the city. So like, maybe Gordon, maybe. But like, Batman's the symbol, right? Like, that's when you go to Gotham to take Gotham. 
like in the original Nightfall story, he goes to Gotham and is like, the only way for me to be in charge of Gotham is to take down Batman. Like that's, he's yeah. focused on that. So like, that's kind of like how it works in Batman is if you want to take over Gotham, the one guy you have to take down is Batman. Cause he's the one who runs Gotham really. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. So Bruce and Bane or Batman and Bane have this big fight again in, in front of like a bank or something like that. Yep. During the day too, which is really weird seeing Batman yeah. out during the day, even in this trilogy. Cause this is the first time you really see him like in the costume in plain daylight. Yeah kind of works though because it's like uh well it's winter time so you got like snow on the ground so you got like the right. white against black and yeah oh no it works perfectly like you, you they 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 have spent three movies earning it now right like we're, yeah. we're gonna bring him out in front of everybody and he's working with the cops and it's basically adam west batman with christian bale voice in this movie because yeah. like he eventually goes and like takes a fucking bomb and can't get rid of it like it's the same shit so yeah but bruce knows now to go after his mask which like protects him from like debilitating pain that he got while he was saving talia helping her to get out of the pit yeah i uh, got the shit beaten out of him and so now the mask in this case rather than feeding him venom uh yeah, that- just apparently helps his like fucking phenobarbital like fucking yeah. <laughs> addiction or whatever yeah like he's permanently on uh anesthetic or something like that because yeah. of it yeah because that whole story the story that they tell about like what happens in the pits kind of confusing because there's like a time skip in the story that they're telling because it's like yeah how does it work she gets put like the wife gets put down there with the young talia and then he protects yeah. her when they get left alone and then he helps her get out and then she comes back with raz Raish, and frees them and takes him with them and then in the interim he's excommunicated like it's very confusing and they don't explain it very well but you can kind of piece it together from yeah, yeah. random shit that they're say in the middle of the movie but yeah well i mean especially because they're purposefully not being explicit about things yes that are happening and yes. that flashback and uh so they want the rubes to think that the person who escaped the thing was not talia they wanted to think it's bane sorry i just called you a rube sorry dude wow that was harsh <laughs> Well, that's been that's been our episode this week, folks. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, podcast over. Two hundred nineteen yeah. episodes. Thank you. <laughs> then, oh, they have their big fight, and then we find out. Yeah, that Bruce has the upper hand. Talia, uh, we find out that Miranda Tate is actually Talia Al Ghul and stabs him, and proceeds to do a pretty fucking arch little speech about yeah. like how she was the child, not Bane, and everything. Yeah. And I was like, this is real super villainy. <laughs> like, that's fine. I was yeah. on board. She was having a blast doing it. So. Oh yeah. She, I, <laughs> She's doing a good job of it. It's just like, yeah. it's one of those things that like, if you take a step back, you're like, oh, this is like straight out. Bond of, villain. So Bond well, straight, villain. It's straight out of Batman 66, right? Well, yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> except, you know, it's not like a question mark sized, like scythe that's going to come down and chop him off. It's a fucking like knife that's getting rotated in between his ribs. Yeah, it's in his kidneys. So <laughs> yeah. he's having a good time right there. Yeah. yeah. Which is great because like, and, but she does the Bond villain thing where she gets up and leaves expecting that Bane's going to kill him at that point and not get shot in the face by Catwoman who's yeah. just going to have her moral like just wrecks Bane. Yeah, just shoots him once in the chest with the bat pod thing. Which, I mean, again, thank you, whoever put her on that bike for this, yeah. like, 90% of the end of this movie. So, <laughs> yeah. Miranda tries to blow up the neutron bomb that's going around because she's the one that has the detonator. But uh, Gordon has put a blocker on it that Batman gave him. From Lucius, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, well, it came from the bat. Right, that's how they get. They find the bat. That's right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because they, they go find the bat so they can get that little jammer thing. And yeah. him and Lucius have a little chat about the autopilot. Yeah, and then that's there's foreshadowing there. 
that one I definitely picked up on yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. when I was watching the first time. And there's another big car chase, except it's like car and well, truck and motorcycle and hovercraft drone thing. It's two, like two or three tumblers and the big yeah. truck with the bomb in it. And then Catwoman on the, on the, the pod, pod and Batman in the bat. Yeah. And yeah, there's cool flying shit. And like a lot of shots that are very reminiscent of 89 Batman where he's, flying up the sides of buildings to avoid missiles as opposed to dragging yeah. fucking balloons. It's like, man, it's like Chris Nolan saw those movies. He's like, I'm going to take that shot that and better. make it good. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm going to make it better. He's not pulling balloons away. He's flying away from missiles. Does that not feel much more cool than <laughs> dumb balloons? Tim so, Burton balloons. Like, those are fucking amazing shots too. Yeah. Oh well, man. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that, that's all helicopter shit. A lot of that yeah. stuff. So fuck. Yeah. yeah. Or drones, I guess. Yeah, drones. I don't know about drones in 2012. Ago. 2012, did they have those that kind of drone? Maybe. So you could fucking tie it. Well, no, I don't know, man, because a lot of that shit was IMAX. I bet you you couldn't tie an IMAX camera to a drone no, in 2012. True, yeah. You probably needed a helicopter to get that fucker yeah. up there. So, yeah. And ultimately, they can't. There's not enough time to get the or fucking tire crashes and dies. And there's not enough time for them to get the bomb out of the city before it explodes. So Batman gets a big old fucking sloppy kiss from selena and then takes off in the bat with the bomb attached to it tells but he tells gordon who he was also i gotta make sure he that, does like, yep fill, like, well, fulfill that circle everybody knows who he fucking is in this movie i yeah obviously I, the <laughs> fact that gordon doesn't know at this point makes him look like a terrible <laughs> cop you know what i mean yeah this fucking random like beat cop robin blake is like yeah i knew who like who you were as soon as i saw you yeah <laughs> I, I, and again if it was if it's dick grayson saying it to him i'm like this that's fine or tim drake you or know tim who drake, did figure yeah. out yeah, yeah who did figure it out for real or whatever if there's anybody who's just named a robin you know like it could have been stephanie brown for all i give two shits <laughs> but like as long as it was a Robin, instead of just like we're making up a, four, a 18th Robin because we don't want to give Richard Grayson away early yeah. on. So, yeah. So they uh, Bruce fucking brings it out over the bay. And we're supposed to believe if you're a total idiot and haven't picked up on the little nods to the autopilot throughout the movie that yeah. Bruce is dead and everybody in Gotham thinks that Batman is dead. And that's it. Bruce saves everybody. Everything goes back to normal. Gordon finds the bat signal has been repaired. They give, or Bruce leaves the Wayne estate to Alfred and also leaves the manor, yeah. manor to like uh, the city so they can turn it into an orphanage because Robin Blake's also an orphan and that's why him and Bruce can understand each other. They're on the same level. I mean, that's 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 90% Robin bullshit right there, yeah. just without like actually doing Robin. So, yeah. <laughs> Poor parentage of some shape. Yeah, exactly. Or just like, you know, absent parentage or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forcibly removed parentage, actually, I guess. Yeah. Lucius finds that the autopilot on the bed has been repaired. <gasps> yeah. And then we go to Florence and we see that uh, Alfred sees Bruce having his coffee with uh selena and that he really did survive in the little cafe that alfred has been going to i guess he goes to like florence just to drink fernie bronca at that one cafe and comes home i guess i don't know let's, that's let's like, be honest like dude doesn't take a lot of vacation no he really should take more though you would think like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like the stress level he would be under being <laughs> bruce wayne's butler would be 
just horrific you know there's a there's a comic story in there it's like it's it's like uh bruce's other butler or something like that yeah the guy the guy who fills in one bruce's weekend guy or whatever (laughs) the one week a year alfred leaves he's got this other guy who comes in and just fucks everything up (laughs) he's just this total fucking idiot that doesn't like can't put two and two together that bruce is batman yeah (laughs) it's like why is the house trashed like the the night before Alfred went on vacation, like being attacked at the mansion Blood or some shit. shit. And the new guy's like, "What the fuck happened here?" Bruce just like party, you know. I had a good big party. Feels like a uh, like a Matt Fraction run or something like that. Yeah, I paid good money for Matt Fraction to work on Batman <laughs> for a little while. He's been a Marvel exclusive for a long time. So yeah, so that's that's the, that's plot, the plot of The Dark Knight Rises, and it's a lot. It's a lot of plot. There's a ton of plot there, so there is a lot to talk about. Lots of what happened to the Joker speculation, how this movie could have turned out, none of which I want to talk about tonight because it's a completely separate episode to do. Yeah. In retrospect, I'm glad they shied away from mentioning him at all because it lets this movie just kind of be its own thing. Even if like when you saw it at the time, you were like, oh, I miss Heath. Like that was so cool yeah. and shit. And I want more of that. But now like, like removed from it 10 years later, I'm watching this. I'm like, fuck, this movie's awesome on its own. So like, I'm glad they didn't deal with the Joker at all because it would have just felt like, I don't know, glad handing at that point, I guess, more than anything else. Yeah, his absence was already being felt like so heavily in the world when people started talking about this movie that yeah. you didn't need like an, a single mention of it in the movie, I think just would have been so distracting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. So I'm, I'm happy the way like now I'm happy 100% with the way this turned out Yeah, where they just ignored it kind of because they had to. So. That works out for me. So let's get into it. Like, let's talk about this. What did you guys like? What did you not like? What What do you guys want to talk about? Alicia, you've been very quiet. I want to. <laughs> I want to hear from Alicia a little bit. Um, I thought that it was a much b- better plotted movie than the second one. Although I, I don't have any emotional attachment to this movie at all because everyone's just kind of meh for me. Yeah. Um, especially after having literally just watched Heath Ledger, but the movie itself as a whole makes a lot more sense. I had a serious fucking problem with Bane's voice. Yeah, most people do. Because he sounds like Patrick Stewart. Oh. <laughs> we start laughing. I always hear Sean Connery doing Darth Vader. Like, that's what I get from it. Yeah. Yeah, so. I get more of that. I don't see the Patrick Stewart, but it made me laugh because Alicia was there when we fucking reviewed Nemesis. And I think Tom Hardy <laughs> do a shitty Patrick Stewart that's impression. Right. Holy shit, that's right. She was on that episode. <laughs> she was heckling in that episode. And I always forget Tom Hardy is awful in that fucking movie too. Like It's one of those ones you just want to forget it's it's even him. Oh, yeah. We just want to forget that movie fucking exists as a Star Trek fan. So there's that, too. <laughs> and apparently it made like Christy fucking didn't remember it so much that she thought it was the one that she liked. Which was First Contact, which, which I would have much rather contact. fucking like yeah. rather watch with you guys. than <laughs> Let me tell at you least, why. At least it was an insurrection. Oh, see, insurrection. I don't mind because it, it's just like a long episode of the TV show with Picard acting like a complete fucking idiot. <laughs> so like insurrection is fine. Nemesis is insulting. But we don't want to talk about Nemesis anymore. Just <laughs> shit to bitch about Tom Hardy. At some point, we're gonna have to do a movie where like we don't bitch about Tom Hardy. Like we're gonna just have to do Mad Max or something I, like that. I have no bitching for Tom Hardy. No, and I'm in all. the same boat. Actually, when I was watching it, I'm like, this performance is excellent. Like I was having such a blast watching him do it. Yeah, he's super intimidating as Bane. Like I love him it's as really Bane. Imposing. Yeah, he's very like he just looks. 
I know they shoot him really well because I know he's like five foot six or some shit like that. <laughs> um, but he, they make him look like a fucking tank, which is awesome. Yeah. So. One of the other things I noticed is that you can tell that this is an older movie because uh, Bane is obviously like from my understanding as someone who doesn't read or know anything about Batman, really. <laughs> he's obviously shot to be such a big, imposing guy, but he's not super built. Well, no, he's got that like Street Fighter husky, like massive kind of look to him. Like he put like thirty pounds of like just husk on him, basically. He's, he cultivated ma- mass like uh, Mac, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Just eating. Eat. You know what's funny about that? That Mac stole that from Stone Cold Steve Austin. He used that in a promo for the Royal Rumble, where he's like, "I'm going to go just eat a whole bunch of Whataburgers, so they can't throw my fat ass over the top rope." How many Whataburgers? What one Whataburger? What two Whataburgers? What Fuck, Stone Cold. (laughs) With It's Always Sunny, Mac was dragging around a garbage bag full of chimichangas (laughs) to cultivate mass. So I like to to picture both Bane and Tom Hardy just with a garbage bag full of chimichangas. And chimichangas are wet, folks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Grabbing a wet chimichanga and just downing it in one bite. See, I had the same thing where I was like, it's kind of, I just want to picture tom hardy bane and stone cold steve austin just pounding cheeseburgers <laughs> they put some fucking thickness on you know i was like this is i'm into this scene give me that scene i want to see stone cold and bane hang out yeah but yeah i have no problem with this this version of bane and i think part a big part of that is because it's only been a couple of months or like a month or something since we watched Batman and robin and in oh comparison to that fucking atrocity this yeah. is night and day <laughs> like some people kind of complain about how he's basically just talia's dragon again like again bane has made the the actual villains like whatever like bitch yeah second in command bitch or whatever yeah. i feel like it's much less so in this movie than it is in the other one i feel like he's got a lot more agency to kind oh, of yeah. undercut and do do his own thing in this, like yeah. he's you don't know she's doing anything until three quarters of the way through the movie. Well, and they and you never really know how much of it is her plans or just him acting on her behalf, knowing yeah. what the end result is. Yeah, and also just kind of doing his own thing because you kind of get the feeling like he thinks he's maybe more in line with what Rachel Gould should be doing than she maybe is. Like, there's a little bit of mm-hmm. like disparity between like what they actually want to be doing because he's pretty extreme obviously in the stuff he's doing because yeah. he's just murdering fucking people but i like so. i like the whole the whole class warfare angle that plays better today than it did in fucking 2012 for sure like yeah. the whole idea like, i can imagine a very charismatic leader coming in and saying and like inciting riot from the fucking like you know a grassroots movement kind of thing or you know, seeming grassroots movement right somebody just comes in and is like fucking all right there's no law left. It's just chaos. And everybody going like, oh, okay, I'm ready for that. November 3rd. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in 2020, like, I, I'm, I'm a lot more open to that idea. <laughs> yeah. Oddly enough, I'm like, that's what I mean. I'm kind of on Bane's side this time out. I'm like, yeah. You know, I'd probably rather follow the Joker around because he's way more entertaining. But, like, Bane makes a point <laughs> in this movie. So, there you go. Yeah. But, yeah, Tom Hardy, like, definitely like bulk the fuck up for this role but like not in that super cut hugo or fuck <laughs> hugh jackman hugh jackman just froze. did you almost no. weaving please tell me you I, did because that would be hilarious i'm trying to picture hugo weaving as bane <laughs> and it's not <laughs> mr wayne but like but you know more just like he's just fucking bulky yeah you know like he's got that tom hardy like 
Yeah, Tom like Hardy like gets jacked. He gets like heavy heavyweight, not middleweight kind of thing. Yeah, he's a big dude. So like yeah. he always he just I mean he's not, but he looks like he is. So whatever. Yeah. I like Tom Hardy. So and between his like movements and the way and his presence and like the way they shoot it and the the sound editing and shit like that, you get that just feeling of fucking brute force off of him. Yeah, you know that he could like just fucking shatter your face with a single punch kind of thing. Well, they do those real like deep bassy hits when he hits people. Like it's mm-hmm. a different sound, like yeah. Foley effect when he hits people. It's that real thick meaty bass sound when yeah. he thumps somebody. Whereas everybody else gets the more standard like chop socky Hollywood kind of sounds. He yeah. sounds like he's just punching fucking meat when he hits people. And I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense with Bane. So meat that stretched over a drum. Yeah, well, and that he's fucking crushing, so there's that, too. And yet he has this weird borderline effeminate voice. Aw, you don't like the voice? (laughs) I love the voice! I don't know, I think it's fun. Like, it makes it memorable, because otherwise he's just this grunting bad guy, right? Yeah. And it's, it's part of the theatricality that they talk about with the League of Shadows, too, right? Like, it's just, it's performance art, kind of, probably, like, well, it seems like it is to me. So, I th- in my case, I like I I think the voice has to be part of his disfigurement too, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's got like a cleft palate thing so, that's causing yeah, him to do that. So yeah. fucked up, you know. Maybe there was some damage to his throat and his voice box as well, and so he le- legitimately has trouble speaking normally. But he's also a dramatic fuck. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's in a <laughs> Batman comic or Batman movie, so yeah, <laughs> he should be making ice puns, as far as I'm concerned, right now. Yeah. And I, I love this as the take. I love watching watching Bane drop Bruce over his knee like that. It's just it's such a good shot and the angle that they get it from. Some like dope pro wrestling moves like the big backbreaker and stuff there. So yeah. I was on board. Yeah. Like the shot was interesting. It, it was almost a little uh, reminiscent of uh, Mary and Jesus uh, triptychs from like, like the oh, like, like Pieta. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, Pieta and stuff like that. Yeah, where he's got him on his knee for a split second. That's, yeah. yeah shatters vertebrae so (laughs) it's still a little tough i have the same issue with bane in this that i kind of had with joker in uh, dark knight which is i don't understand how he keeps his henchmen because like he blatantly murders several of his like gang in front of the others and i understand like he's got you know this cult of personality or whatever surrounding him but even so like after a while like you watch some like one of your buddies just get murdered for nothing yeah "Eh, maybe i'll just stick around here the problem is, like, do you want to run away and have him come after you? Yeah. Like, mm, he'd probably be more pissed off then than he would be if whatever. So, I don't know. True. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I know that, you know, the voice and, and the muffling with the mask is a common complaint, but I've never had a problem understanding Bane. Like, if I'm actually paying attention, you know, if I'm looking away or something like that, then, okay, yeah, I might miss a word or something, but I can still make out the whole thing it's um it's a lot cleaner than it was opening weekend and i remember they sent out this is chris nolan patching his movies um is one of the first examples of it i remember actually experiencing because i went and saw this movie opening night and i remember like i understood him but it's very muffled and i remember people complaining like i couldn't understand the damn thing bane said and i was like fucking listen and stop get off your phone you idiot but either way like when i went back and saw it again like three days later they had given new DTS discs out or something like that, or it must have been downloaded by then. I don't know. 2012 digital. Also a Chris Nolan movie digital. Hard to say. <laughs> Either way, they switched the audio out and all of a sudden he's so much clearer. And I was like, huh, that's good that they can patch movies as there are when they're already out. Cause yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. There was one so. part in the middle where I found it really hard to understand him, but like it, it wasn't consistent. Yeah. They read like 80, they looped him again. So like a couple times, there's two different versions of that audio track. There's a theatrical one that nobody has anymore. And there's the one that's on like the Blu-rays now. That's probably, it's a lot clearer than what I remember from that first weekend. So, yeah, yeah I think what they did with his voice in ADR is interesting too, because um, his voice comes across as very uh, omnidirectional. Yeah. Well, it's, it comes out of like all your front channels, actually. It's kind of weird sometimes. So usually dialogue just pops out the middle channel. Yeah. But it's coming out like all three of your fronts for some reason. Yeah. I had a question uh, with Tim about how his voice is actually coming out. If it's coming out of a speaker in his little face mask or what, because his voice sounds so different than everyone else's. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's an editing choice. I don't think (laughs) there's a speaker in his mask. I don't know how that's supposed to work. I think it's just they, when they looped it, they relooped it. They obviously made it a little bit more distinct in the audio track, which makes it sound kind of removed from the environment compared to everybody else. For me, it yeah. like helps to add to it the helps you understand it. stature of the yes. character overall. Yeah, it makes him otherworldly too, right? Like he sounds kind of bigger than life that way, so it kind of works mm-hmm. out. So it adds to the mystique, I guess. Yeah. Watching it this time, I picked up a lot on the number of very current Batman stories that have been impact or been influenced by this, as well as other ones. So, like right now in the Joker War storyline that's going on in the main Batman book, the James Tinian book is pulls a lot from the story like bruce loses his fortune in that and the villain gets access to his armory and then it also reminded me a lot of year one because they when they blow the bridges and everybody's isolated on the on the island okay not, uh, year, year zero zero year oh okay yeah yeah i was like yeah, year uh, one what are you talking no, not about year one. <laughs> yeah, this, the scott snyder i definitely i get um feelings of selena from the year one version. yes absolutely yeah yeah she's very influenced by the frank miller uh yeah. selena kyle for sure no, i meant i meant zero year and there yeah. I, but there were also i mean this story is no man's land basically like yeah exactly that was format, the so. I was say. It's, but no man's land like the what happens to put no man's land in place is cataclysm right yeah, it's the the earthquake. It's just, yeah. I mean, the story in itself where, like, Gotham's been abandoned by the U.S. Right, and is yeah. its own kind of thing is very similar to No Man's Land. I mean, this yeah. movie, like, essentially the second half of this movie is Tale of Two Cities. Like, it's just blatantly ripped off from that book, right? Like, the plot and all that. Have you not read Tale of Two Cities, either of you? Nope. How did you go to high school and not read <laughs> Tale of Two Cities? I mean, I know you're from Georgia, Alicia. I understand <laughs> reading dodgy. But, like, Tim, you went to school in Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I never had to read it. God, you're such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why you guys love me or tolerate me. I don't know what the fuck. Either way, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's very like based on the Charles Dickens novel Tale of Two Cities, like it's the lower, lower class rising up and taking everything from the upper class, and fo- like the reason for it not being on the super up and up and blah blah blah. So yeah, it's yeah. based on Tale of Two Cities. That's my nerd. There's a nerd talk for you right there. there Book nerd. <laughs> what else? There's a bunch of people I'd forgotten that were in this fucking movie. Such as? Aiden, what's his name for uh, Littlefinger from... Oh, oh yeah. yeah. CIA. Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Christopher Judge from Stargate SG-1. Mm-hmm. And also like yeah. every voice acting gig ever. Yeah. There's the dude at the end who plays the cop that blows up the bridge. Who's like a character actor who's been in a million yeah, things yeah, yeah. that I recognize. Yeah. And then there was a guy who's the other CIA agent who comes in and meets Gordon in town who was on rescue me. The yeah. Dennis Leary fire 
house show or whatever yeah, it was. There's, the, there's uh, so many of those like that guy character actors. In the yeah. Background. Like I you mean, mentioned like Matthew Modine as well. Yeah. Ben Mendelsohn. It's Chris Nolan like, kind of thing. You know, yes. he's a, not like a like, tertiary villain pretty much kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He plays Daggett yeah. and like he's there. Even the guy, his assistant was from Torchwood. Burn Gorman. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Torchwood, the BBC series, the Doctor Who spinoff. Yeah, so. exactly. It's just like it was, it's a really it's just character actors. It's Chris Nolan. He does this all the time, right? Where he grabs like yeah. excellent character actors and just fills out his like secondary cast with excellent character actors, while he's got a bunch of Academy Award winners at the top level. Yeah. Which again, this movie he does. The guy that uh, plays Bane's like right hand man or whatever, uh, ba- Bajraz mm-hmm. or whatever it is, like that guy's been in a bunch of shit too. Because he has a couple characters that you think like kind of resemble Bird, Trog, and is it Gargoyle? Are the the three his three like henchmen? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Bane well. Enough. Oh, okay, fair enough. He has three like henchmen that followed him to Gotham initially in Nightfall, oh, okay. and there, there's there's characters in this movie that I was like, oh, that could be you know Birdie or whatever the guy the character's name is, or that could be Trog or whatever. So they're not, but it's interesting that they you could almost kind of analog those guys in yeah. there too. So like when I first saw that dude his right hand man or whatever in the movie i always think that it's like meant to be kg beast yes yeah well he's, he's talking about that really bad fake act, uh russian accent yeah exactly like, russian his, his accent russian like he's clearly right. you know like an arms master or whatever and yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. that's what his name is here i don't know if that's is okay. that not one of the names of uh i'd have to go look it up and the dude is uh josh stewart what the fuck do i remember that guy from i've definitely oh he was uh in punisher oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay I know oh, I've seen characters. Bird, Trog, and Zombie are the three guys. Okay. Okay. Either way, I thought, yeah, so like that guy reminded me of Bird because it's it, he's kind of a European looking dude or like Eastern European looking dude in the comics too. So yeah. that's what I thought it was. Either way, moving along. What else should we talk about? Should we talk about JGL? We want to talk about JGL a little bit and how he should be just Dick Grayson <laughs> and like he takes over the movie about halfway through and it's a little off putting. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't need him to be Dick Grayson. I I think I mean it would have been a, a give you know too much of a giveaway for sure. And it's not Dick Grayson, right? Like it's not it's no. not a kid that lost his, his parents in the circus. Well, I know, but I'm saying no. like you know in terms of the character itself, if you oh, tried yeah. to slap Dick Grayson's name on this cop that is just an orphan, but it's not an uh you know an acrobat yeah. kind of thing, then like no, I'm not there for it. You're just that's Fair. just boring at that point. Yeah, but they could have done that. Like giving him the the circus thing in dialogue, basically, because they give him no background either. I mean, he bas- he's basically Jason Todd, who becomes a cop, as opposed to getting picked up by Batman and killed by the Joker. So yeah. it's that's kind of how I read the character more. Yeah. But like, I think if they had done more to make it tie into the Robin thing, I'd have been less like, why is this just some random fucking dude that's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the, my Batman movie all of a sudden, yeah. as opposed to tying it back to the mythos more, which again would just make my nerd brain shut up as opposed to me bitching about it on a podcast 10 years later. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, to this day, I will always be disappointed that we never got to see him as like in a costume of some sort, like actually fucking teaming up on the superhero side of things. Like whether it would have been as a Robin or as a Nightwing or as the fucking next Batman or whatever. Like if you told me in 10 years from now that like, yeah, we're going to do a fucking Batman movie with Joseph Gordon, let it set, you know, 15 whatever years after the events of Dark Knight Rises, I'd be like, fuck yeah, give me that. So I wouldn't want to watch Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't like him enough to watch a movie. I don't think. Like, he wouldn't, he doesn't entice me. To, I mean, I'm going to go watch Robert Pattinson as Batman, so I guess I'll watch anybody if they put the cowl on. <laughs> but we, we watched Batman and Robin. 
I know that's what I mean. Like I watched George Clooney do <laughs> yeah. it too. So I would go see it obviously, but I, I wouldn't be super enthused about that if, unless they were doing it in a way that it was like, he's Nightwing and Bruce is going to come back because of it kind of thing. Like, I don't want to just watch him do a solo movie yeah. is basically what I'm trying to get at. Unless they get Anne Hathaway to come be Catwoman alongside him and make fun of him for not being as good as the other guy <laughs> the whole time, then I'm fucking on board a hundred percent. Cause I'll watch like that performance kind of makes this movie for me is Anne Hathaway's Catwoman or Anne Hathaway's Selena Kyle. She's really good. Oh, did you just suck in? Like you disagree no, or do you I'm, suck I'm there in? Cause you, you are agreeing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause like that, she, her performance, the best part of this movie, like by a country mile. And she should have got, she probably should have got nominated for it. If they were going to nominate Heath for what he did over there, she did enough work to get at least a nod here. So I thought that was weird. Their bias against Anne Hathaway. So this is around that, that time. Like uh, this, that like, you know, it was fucking like, trendy to hate Anne Hathaway for whatever reason yeah. was around this period that like she was just getting hate from everywhere and I was never like yeah. I, I could never figure it out I had too much of a crush on her before this and then like a definite crush on her after she played Catwoman perfectly that I was like why do you hate her what's wrong with you people are you all blind and idiotic because yeah. like she's an excellent actress and she's <laughs> fucking gorgeous so there's that I was looking that up today like I went down a little bit of an internet rabbit hole on like the whole hate Anne Hathaway fucking trend and like there have been people that have actually done like analysis into it right now and shown how much of the shit that was thrown at her was just like stemmed from like sexist like I can't stand that this is a woman that's doing this good you know that's, that's like you know pretty and talented and all that kind of thing. All right, I'm going to jump in here. I've hated Anne Hathaway since The Princess Diaries, full stop. (laughs) Fair enough. But I'm just, a lot of women are given a mindset, like, you know, it's it's a patriarchal thing that, like, they should be, have animosity towards women that are doing better than them. And there's a a bunch of analysis. I'm not getting involved in this this conference. This is an A-B conversation (laughs) I've seen myself. But yeah, there's a lot of analysis now saying, like, that that, sound like a, there's a lot of similar language there to to that phenomenon it reminds me of the brie larson thing yeah. is basically what i get from yeah. it it just reminds me of the brie larson thing which is just another woman that i find super attractive and like watching acts so like i don't understand what the problem is half the time and they're in my superhero <laughs> movies and they crush it in my superhero movies yeah. like she's so good as selena kyle that like you kind of i kind of lose her as anne hathaway for a little while there because she's just like actually playing the role and like she's responding to Bruce the way Selena would properly respond to Bruce and like and vice versa. Yes. And they, for the first time in these movies, he has believable romantic chemistry with somebody <laughs> like that scene where he leans back in, in her apartment is like, Oh, I like your place. Like you can feel they're having fun playing that scene together. Yeah. Right. It's whereas like anytime he's on camera with Katie Holmes in the first movie, you can tell he's not <laughs> super thrilled to be across from Dawson's Creek girl. And then him with Maggie Gyllenhaal is like 15 seconds in a follow-up movie where he's like, Who's she supposed to be in this movie now? <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the same person as, I guess. Okay, we'll just go with it. <laughs> You're putting Anne Hathaway in a Catwoman costume in the next movie, right? Fuck, right, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, I'm there with you. I love that Catwoman performance. That Right from that switch where she's facing off yeah. with Bruce the first time, where she goes from, yeah. like, just playing the coy, you know, maid that went yep. to the wrong room or whatever to the oops you know like yeah just Ugh. devious like you know you caught me but i'm still fucking getting out of here yep it's just chef's kiss and and i agree like i love the chemistry between the two of them bruce becoming like 
enraptured, like fascinated by her. And see, yeah, he's like, he you can see he's like turned on and just like curious, right? Like he wants in, he wants to know what's going on there. It's it's kind of it's it's the way it, that relationship's supposed to work. It's the Batman Catwoman relationship. He just he has no idea. Yeah what she's about and he needs to figure it she's out she's a challenge and she is yeah. oh yeah and she's a non-violent criminal so she's not somebody that he feels you know that he's top priority to take down kind of thing because that's his real thing yeah. is, you know that's what fucking traumatized him as a kid was not somebody coming in and stealing a fucking necklace but somebody killing his fucking parents yeah so, exactly so i love the way that Anne hathaway plays like that mastermind thief and she just constantly is using her femininity and her sexuality as weapons and can turn them on and off at a whim it's just she just oozes like confidence and disdain at the same time and i love it yeah she's really good i can't gush about this too much because it's like gushing about heath ledger in the last one versus <laughs> like just go watch it it's so good and it's actually the way the character should be portrayed and like i said it's, you know michelle pfeiffer or whoever else specifically let's just call out halle berry who just played the role like a year or two before <sighs> in that ungodly spinoff which is like catwoman in name only and then like five years later or whatever they do this and it's like oh yeah that is catwoman see yeah. anne hathaway over there just being selena kyle that was hard right yeah Okay. Apparently it was because it took them like fifteen years. <laughs> and yet they and and they end up just going back to fucking year one. Like this is definitely the year one Catwoman where she like came oh, yeah. out from the streets. Probably was a hooker at some point. Oh yeah, because she she there's that line of dialogue that implies she did some weird shit, which yeah usually means escort yeah. and that kind of whatever line of dialogue or whatever. Yeah. And so. this this time through, I I hadn't really paid close attention to this before, but. Hathaway does a pretty solid job on the stunts and action side of it too. Like she's not just there yeah. as a pretty face. Like she does seem to take on a little bit of the heavy lift- lifting more than I would expect for an actor of her actress of her like status. Well, she got into like action shape apparently to do the role. Yeah. Like she was into doing the role uh, in terms of like actually doing the physicality. So like that's probably her doing the backflip out of the window and like that kind of stuff. She's well, how old was she when they made this? She's the same age as us, so like, she would have been like she would have yeah been around thirty. Like thirty. Yeah. Yeah, like just around 30. So, yeah, there you go. She's yeah. like the right like age builds, athleticism, all that kind Trainer. of stuff. She pulls it all off. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, millions and millions of dollars to have a personal trainer to get you in Catwoman okay. shape. So but if that's what I need to like, if that's what I need to get this amazing Catwoman in that amazing suit and the cute little like ears from the popped up yep. goggles and and like getting to see. But they're both such good versions of the character that it's like extra satisfying seeing the two of them fight back to back against like Bane and yes. the Goons on that rooftop. Yes. That's- My favorite scene in the movie actually is that little like Catwoman, Batman, like Batman Catwoman fighting a bunch of thugs and snarking at each oh, other gets, while it's happening. She has so right? many good lines overall. Yeah. So she's bitching at him and he's telling her not to shoot anybody. And he, she's like, you're no fucking fun. And blah, blah, you're just loving it the entire yeah. time as a Batman nerd. So. Yeah. Alicia obviously is it because she's like reading Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alicia's not a Anne Hathaway fan. Yeah, obviously, uh, we're sitting here gushing about Alicia's least favorite actress. <laughs> yeah, just uh, my soul's just leaving my body. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. What don't you like about her in this movie in particular? I, and th- this is probably the best role I've seen her in. I mean, in general, Anne Hathaway plays Anne Hathaway in the same way that Johnny Depp pe- plays Johnny Depp. And I don't like, I don't like actors like that. On top of just, I have thought that she's kind of garbage for at this point, 19 years. 
There's another movie I saw her in not too long ago where she, it's like a total character thing that I, I recommend to people who are like that and can't seem to get out of the... Because uh, you can't give them this movie. Yeah, it's not Princess Di- I've seen that. That's a piece of oh, garbage. Yeah. Ocean's 8. Oh, she was good in Ocean's 8. Colossal was the one I was thinking of, oh, actually. Oh, right. It's a little weird with Jason Sudeikis. Where she's a kaiju, right? Kind of, yes. Yeah. I watched it just because she was in it, and I was very entertained by it. Because, like, that, the Les Mis, that's a miserable thing that I'll never I'm, watch. She's good in Interstellar, too. There's absolutely no way I'm ever going to watch Les Mis. She, I mean, that's yeah. what she got the Oscar for, and she was, there were terrible parts of that movie, but she was one of the better parts of that movie. There was another like random movie I saw her in that I was just like, oh, I really liked her in this. And it's just like she was a random. She's just randomly the love interest in it. Oh, get smart. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, Oh, man. I can never remember his name. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. The Steve Carell and The Rock. Yeah, It's Steve Carell, The Rock, Anne Hathaway and somebody else in that movie. And they're all excellent in it. And I didn't even really realize she was in it. I was just watching it for Steve Carell and The Rock. And then, like, here's Anne Hathaway being super cute and actually really funny in there, too. Like, she's very funny in that movie. And that was probably what kind of turned me around. And, like, when they got to this and they were like, hey, she's going to be Catwoman. I was like, she was pretty good in that Get Smart movie. I will allow this. (laughs) Also, I want to see her in a Catwoman costume. So there's that. But, yeah, I would go Get Smart. I mean, Rise, I like, she's excellent in this, I think, obviously. (laughs) Um, And she's really good in Interstellar, too. But Colossal, Ocean's 8, she's fun in. I haven't seen Ocean's Eight yet. I need to. So I like all the other. She's the best part of that movie, actually, because she plays to the like the Anne Hathaway hater. Right. You know what I mean? Like she plays that character. Like she plays the version of her that everybody thinks she is in terms of like her haters yeah. kind of thing, and it's just fucking hilarious. So yeah. I had a good time watching her do that one. But yeah, Colossal's fun. Colossal's really good and kind of a weird quirky movie. You'd probably be into it. Yeah. Either way, where are my notes? I lost my notes looking that up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I like the. The shift that Alfred takes in this movie definitely makes the sort of threat of it more believable. The fact that, mm-hmm. like, you can see that Alfred's just, like, fucking fed up at this point. He's like, no, if you keep going, you're going to kill yourself. Like, you don't clearly don't have any reason to live right now. Like, this is just self-destructive behavior. So, like, fuck off. I'm out of here. And he just calls, yeah. you know, rather than, than, like, making jokes about it, like which is what he normally does, he just fucking, like, calls Bruce out. And quits so that he's no longer like an accessory, basically, to Bruce's suicide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Caine's excellent in this one. Like he's been good in all of them, but this is where he really gets his chance to like. I'm gonna. I mean, he has his little Oscar moment. Uh, he has a couple of them actually in this. Like basically every time he's on screen, he has a fucking excellent speech to give, right? Because he gives three good speeches in this movie and then disappears, or he gives two, disappears, shows up, gives his last one, and then the movie's over. So yeah, but he's excellent in this. Actually, all three of the returning. I don't know what you call them, like his support kind of people like Alfred Lucius and James Gordon, all of them put in understated, but really good performances this time. Like Lucius Fox looks exhausted. And so does Jim Gordon. And they're playing like, and that could maybe indicate that they're bored in the role at this point. But I feel like it's more just like, this is what the character is actually going through. And they're really living through it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lucius, he, he doesn't have as much to do in this movie for sure, but no, but like one of my favorite, parts of the movie still remains like when Bruce comes to see him after having been gone for so long. And, uh, yeah, exactly. The whole, like, usually these meetings end with a unusual request. And then like, uh, Bruce is like, nah, I'm past that. And Lucius is just like, no, you're not. I'm going to show you anyways. I got to show you this flying thing that you're going to take out in a couple (laughs) days. Cause you know, you're going to take it out. Cause it's awesome. He's just so confident there. Like 
you know, again, we talked about how he and Alfred probably know Bruce better than he knows himself. Yeah. You know, he's, yep. he's just, <laughs> and then he knows that he's going to want to use it and the whole, and yes, it comes in black. <laughs> yeah. He gets the money lines like he always does, right? Yeah. Well, he, he has to d- fucking divide him up with uh, Anne Hathaway this time, though. Well, Anne Hathaway gets all the, all the snarky shit to say, because, yeah. Well, I mean, it's Catwoman. She should have all the snarky shit to say. Yeah. That's what she's supposed to do with that character. Not just like, you know, make her a secretary and throw her out a window, yeah. Tim Burton. I mean, this isn't as much of a character-driven movie as, I mean, nothing is as character-driven a movie in terms of comic book movies as Dark Knight is. No. But it balances more. I think it's maybe got more impressive shots in it than Dark Knight does. Yeah. The cinematography in this movie is actually better yeah, than the last one, which so. is like, I liked it. I liked it in the last one. Technically, this movie is like, it's a good looking film. Yeah. Like a very, very good look. It's not nearly as green. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Much more like gray, Hello. I would say. Yeah. 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 It's a very gray movie, especially in the second half when they're in winter and stuff. Like yeah. they really like wash everything out. But like, I was just thinking about like the, the big sweeping shots of the, the football stadium. Yeah. That, that shot. Blowing out and stuff. So good. Like that crane shot. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. That always sticks in my head too. Like it's it's just so impactful. It's such a such a set piece for this movie, mm-hmm. and like the sound editing in that the the production in that scene overall. Like choosing to drop out all the background noise while it's just the kids singing the anthem and everything. Like that's yeah. that's really impactful too. Um, there's other scenes as well. Like we talked about that one at the start, but the overhead. Well, the whole first bat chase. Or no, the yeah. the bat pod uh, where they're chasing there's like that overhead shot the motorcycles yeah where there's well there's like yeah. a dozen cop cars all chasing the bat pod and yeah yeah all that whole sequence through when he gets into the bat for the first time and you're looking down the alley yeah. and you just see that light shining out all that is like super well there is a money shot of him like coming into frame and like they just frame him up in imax basically as he's like he pounds the guy in the like breaks the guy's visor and stuff mm-hmm as he's getting off the pod. That's just like the most comic book shot I've that's in any of these movies of Batman. <laughs> that's not him jumping with the cape or whatever, but like he just walks in the frame, pounds the guy and then stands up straight. And it's like, Oh, that's a real like hero money shot. Yeah. That's like a poster shot right there. So, yeah. and the other one that, that really sticks in my mind is in the sewer where there where Bruce is lit or Batman's lit just by the muzzle flashes as he's like coming yeah. up, like almost strobed kind of thing. That shot always impresses me. That whole sequence where it's like anytime where they do the Catwoman and Batman like teaming up kind of yeah. stuff. And they're cutting back and forth between them and shit. That sequence in particular where like she's leading the guys into him who is the trap basically. Like she keeps leading these guys into a trap that the trap is just Batman. Right? Like because she comes around the corner and he, she's, she's like, what does he say to her? The guy says something to her like, where is he? And she turns around and she's like over there or something like that. And he he's right there again like in batman begins where he grabs the guy at the beginning of the the predator sequence yeah. he's upside down like he's inverted and he th- flips the cape up and it cuts to the next yeah. couple guys he's gonna take out like i love that whole sequence because yeah. it's all her directing them into him yeah fantastic yeah. i mean just overall the fight choreography in this like just having watched these movies you know over the course of a few weeks and sort of really paid close attention to everything the fight choreography yeah. has made a massive evolution across these three movies and not yes. just the choreography, but the way that the fights are shot overall is much more impressive and much better and smoother in Dark Knight Rises as it is in the last two. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at like the first at Batman Begins and I'm like, this is nothing like what we would have in like what we would really consider acceptable in a comic book movie today. But then I look at Dark Knight Rises and I'm like, this is a lot closer 
like a massive amount closer to what we see today. Well, like, it's funny to see how much influence these movies have had on all of these comic book mm-hmm. movies, like at the end of the day, like how grounded it is, like how they're shot, yeah. like even how the suits are designed and stuff. How character driven they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that goes without saying, like, just like the the level of like character driven drama that they these movies do that, like, you never really saw in these movies before. And it's now just been picked up, like, even in the Marvel movies, which are way lighter and stuff. They still have those like character beats that they hit that, you know, wouldn't have been there if it they hadn't done these three movies, probably. So, yeah. And there's like some of the best you talking about like little character moments and shit like that. The one that really works for me in this is like not an action scene at all, but is just them fucking showing Bruce actually going to the doctor after having been cooped up for eight years and, you know, basically telling him, yeah, your fucking knees are shot. Your arms are shot. Like you should not do any strenuous physical activity. Yeah. That doctor who's been in a bunch of stuff too. Like he's one of those big guys who shows up when you need like the dry sarcastic doctor type guy to, tell your main character that like yeah whatever you are planning to do you shouldn't because yeah. <laughs> you're falling apart you and like massive yeah. concussive brain damage and shit like that and like it's, yeah that works for me in these movies for sure because it shows the quote-unquote realistic like tolls that doing that sort of thing you know not just once but habitually over the course of several years yeah has a fucking takes a massive toll on your body yeah yeah, you always got to wonder like how long he could actually be Batman, and it's probably like five years total. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Before he just like would cave in physically, just, like wheelchair bound for the rest of his life. Yeah, has like the Muhammad Ali shakes or something. Well, like every time you get a concussion it gets worse and worse and worse, right? Like you can only get yeah. a certain number oh, yeah. of concussions before you can't function at all anymore. And once you get one, you're you're like a lot more uh, susceptible to having another one. It's super easy to get a concussion after you've had one. I, as a tall man who hits his head a lot, am well aware <laughs> of how often or how easy it is to get to get multiple concussions yeah. after the fact. So. Indeed. Yeah. See, I I like when Raish appears as a force ghost. Like Qui Gon? Yes, I do. I was I wanted to make sure we taught, we shouted out that uh, they they shot new Liam Neeson footage for this, and he I liked his repartee with christian bale in the first movie that's probably like one of the better parts everybody has good chemistry with christian bale in that first movie like he gets good scenes with everybody but i liked liam neeson and him together and getting to go back to that even if it is you're supposed to be dead and he fades away kind of thing like that's cool like i'm i'm happy he's there plus like obviously the movie is such it's a sequel to that that story obviously right like with his daughter coming back and not having him in here and just having that extra that only kind of looks like like the the young Rishal Ghul yeah. that shows up in the flashbacks. That would be a little jarring if uh, Liam Neeson never showed up in this, but having him pop in and say those little nasty things to Bruce is perfect. That's all it needed. Yeah, exactly. And it also feeds into the whole, like, you know, maybe that's actually him or, or whatever. And also feeds into, he's part of what Bruce builds up in his head as the part of the story for Bane being the child yes. rather than, yeah, as well. And then I mean, just I I just love the fucking way this movie ends. Like, you know, Batman gets his recognition. He gets a fucking statue. Wayne Manor is okay, and like has a you know becomes an orphanage. And Alfred's happy, and Bruce is happy, and Selena and happy, and they're making cat bat babies. And oh, it's so unearned. It's so unearned. 
It just it just wanted me to like drink a Ferna Branca while I was watching the movie with Alfred and just toast it to him. But I, d- I don't I don't have a bottle right now, unfortunately. See, I'll disagree with it being unearned for Batman after three movies of this horseshit. I'm, <laughs> I'm on board with it. After how many movies that we've watched? <laughs> well, I mean, for Batman, us, like, yes, we deserve it. we deserve the vacation <laughs> where we get. Wait, can I go on vacation with Anne Hathaway? Is what you're trying to say to me right here? Because if so. I am on board. Yeah, she's. I don't think she's doing much right now. You know, everybody's inside for COVID, so she's probably free. Yeah, but she, hope springs it's eternal. Not like she has or kids. something. Is yeah, I was gonna say she's not married with kids yeah. at this point. So you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, all right, that's cool. So that was uh, anything else we want to talk about before we get the fuck out of here? Since we've been talking for a while now about this. I have fine minor film. gripe. I have some gripes. So uh, let's let's get through them. Tim, why don't you start us off? Unless Alicia like wants to unleash <laughs> about what she thought about this movie here. I mean, honestly, most of my problem with it was fucking Bane's voice. <laughs> ah, fair enough. We get a lot more vehicle-mounted guns here for Batman once again. Yes. Which is just recurring. Yeah. Not only in this trilogy, yeah. but in everything since All the Batman media. movies, basically. Yes, yeah. Like I said, we are, we're getting to the point now where like, fucking just everybody knows that Batman's Bruce Wayne. And yeah. like... Yeah, it's not even hard for them to figure it out. Like fucking Bane knows, and Blake knows, and Selena knows, and by the end, Gordon knows, and like just fucking yeah. tell everybody at this point. This was way more of a, a Bruce Wayne movie than a Batman movie. Like in the second movie, he was Batman more than Bruce, and in this one, he seemed like he was Bruce more than Batman. Yeah, uh, I'd argue they're the same character, one of whom is wearing a mask to be the other one. So therefore. He's always Bruce Wayne, kind of. I don't know. I like Christian Bale in these movies quite a bit. And, like, he gets some flack for the voice and he gets flack for being Christian Bale and all this other stuff. Like, as Bruce Wayne and Batman, I like him probably the best out of all the on-screen Batmans that we've had up to this point, up to and including Affleck and maybe probably even Pattinson. I'll probably like him better than I like Pattinson just because I like these movies a lot still. And I have no idea what those movies are going to be. So I'm not saying I'm going to hate the Pattinson shit. I'm just... Yeah. yeah, I like Christian Bale. Like I've always liked Christian Bale. So yeah. I even liked him in that fucking terrible Terminator movie that everybody hates. I was like, he's good in that <laughs> movie shit, but like he's good in it. So what else? I have some like problems with the whole bomb subplot. Like the one, the fact that it like has a big Wait. fucking red digital timer on it. All right, I was going to ask about, are we going to go into this a science no, conversation I, in the middle well, of a comic book movie? <laughs> my, next, my next complaint to science which is that, like, nobody seems super concerned that a giant nuclear bomb with a six-foot radius went off, like... Six-mile ma- radius, Yeah, six... What did I say? Foot. Six-foot. Which we're making a... That's a grenade. <laughs> Nuke, a nuclear grenade. A six... With, yeah. With a six-mile radius. Goes off, yeah. like, not a whole lot more than... Maybe not even six miles off the coast of... Gotham. Have you seen the people who live in Gotham? <laughs> do you really think radiation is going to... Yeah. What's that going to do to make them worse? But like, in real life, Not that much. bomb goes off there. Like, there's still a massive fallout cloud and, like, all that radiation going into the water and shit. Yeah, at very least, all of those kids have cancer now. Like, every yeah. single kid on that bus that just watched Bruce oh, yeah. Wayne slash Batman Whoa. suicide himself, as far as they know, they all have cancer. <laughs> On the super cliche school bus full of orphans that needs to yeah. be saved. Like, holy yeah. shit, come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they should all be blind from staring into the fucking flash anyway. So, like, yeah. whatever. And then the really. other, the, my other problem is with that sequence as well, which is like they're clearly showing Bruce 
in a cockpit of some sort, like seconds before the blast goes off. Yes. Yeah. Like, and if we're, I don't know if I'm supposed to believe he's got some remote fucking cockpit set up somewhere that he could get to in 90 seconds. Yeah. No, I think that's just, I think that's editing horseshit. Yeah. And it's a bad edit. Cause it, when you go back and watch the movie again, you're like, how the fuck did he get out of there? Like, it, you can time lapse edit a little bit, but it's still like he was in the fucking cockpit and then they cut to the next and shot and then up. the fucking thing blows yeah. up. And it's like, all right. So I was like, oh, they killed it's- him. I remember watching it and being like, oh, he's dead. Why would you kill Batman? It's manipulative editing, and I don't, I don't yeah. appreciate that. And then he shows up at the end, and I was like, no, that's the way it should end. He should be with Selena Kyle. It is, but then, Good. like, yeah. you know, don't force this other narrative down our throat with the shitty edit. Yeah, because even if they just never cut back to him in the cockpit, you'd still have that thought, like, oh, shit, did he die? And then you got to, because you got to take the half second and be like, wait, autopilot. Yeah. As opposed to, like, oh, no, he is dead, because, like, I, they just shot him. And then they cut to the next shot, and it blew blew up. There's no way for I didn't see him jump out. I didn't see a little bat shape. Yeah, jump that out would be like and fly away. Would be like would have been the most frustrating, like non-firing Chekhov's gun ever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, if they like Absolutely. went over and over the fucking autopilot thing and kept drawing attention to it, and then he's like, "No, Bruce yeah. is actually dead." Yeah. What? Why? <laughs> well, you mean he's not smart enough to figure this out? I'm like, that's not really Batman. He is yeah. it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, my gripes are, are relatively minor for the most part. Uh, yeah, I think my my main gripe about this is just like it, there's probably like a character or a plot too many in this movie, yeah. or it needs to be. It could like, it's almost two movies worth of material here, which I don't know. Like, how do you do that? How do you manage that? I, it's basically just like I want a movie where like I don't have to do all these three thousand other things, and I want to watch Christian Bale and Anne Hathaway be Batman and, Ro- and Catwoman. Yeah for like a whole movie and really have like proper Batman and Catwoman interactions as opposed to that being the backdrop of everything. But beggars can't be choosers. Like this is pretty good. I probably would have just taken JGL out and just had Gordon do more of that stuff as opposed to, I think I probably would have pulled out the like Daggett, like takeover subplot. That one doesn't is, is pretty superfluous for me. Yeah. You could have just had Miranda Tate doing all that stuff underhandedly and not included that character at all. And then like, just have her totally, because then it would give her more to do. And that's kind of my big, probably the biggest gripe I had in my list of gripes here is like, man, they had like, they cast Marion Cotillard and gave her fuck all to do. until like the last 15 minutes of the movie, aside from bone Bruce. Yeah. Like that's all she really accomplishes in the, the beginning like half of the movie and then like in the last half an hour she becomes Talia and does a bunch of cool shit and then dies I guess yeah and it's disappointing so that's kind of the big one is like why why have somebody that good in that role and she was like and then not... huge when this came out because like this oh yeah this was she like was a what big she deal did right after Livion Rose after the Edith yeah Piaf, like biopic like this was one of the next projects she did after that and that was like yeah. what she became famous for yeah, she was a big get. I remember when they cast her in this, everybody was like, oh shit, who's she playing? And they gave her the no name, like they gave her Miranda Tate as her casted yeah. name. And everybody was like, oh yeah, she's totally Talia. They're not casting fucking Marion Cotillard right now <laughs> and not casting her as like a main, especially after they just cast Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Yeah. So like, and we've already had clearly that's fucking no name Rachel Dawes in the last two years. Yeah. yeah. So like, we're clearly getting like, we've got a big name. Like, like did she win an Academy Award at that point? Uh, I think she did for the VM Rose. Yeah, so like we've got a like an award-winning actress coming in here. Like we're gonna have her play a no-name character, guys. Like nobody's that fucking stupid. Like we all knew that she was gonna be Talia. So either way, so that's like that was the big one for me. Yeah, I think if you take that that guy out and just use her more, it actually streamlines a lot of the plot of the movie. Also, mm-hmm. it makes it a little bit easier to follow. So you know, yeah, 
you know, what are you going to do? All right, let's uh, let's wrap this shit up. Let's do a little closing final thoughts. Give a rate and review or a number. We'll start with Alicia. I like starting with Alicia just because I know it irritates her. So there you go. <laughs> eh, I don't know. Like, I didn't like it as much as the last one. But overall, I feel like it was a better movie, even though I don't want to say that because I like the last one more. Eh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll give it like a seven. Fair enough. Isn't that what she gave the last one? Maybe. No. I think I gave it an eight. Or yeah. like an eight and a half okay. or something like that. You were still a little whiny bitch baby about whatever I gave the last one. <laughs> as is my right as the host of a nerd podcast. Eat shit. I can edit you guys to say whatever I want. There you go. Tim. I think I'm a solid nine out of ten on this one. It's my second favorite yeah. of the series. It doesn't quite have mm-hmm. like the emotional gut punch that Joker and uh, that Heath Ledger's Joker yeah. does in the uh, second one, but it's still like, it's, I think it's a probably a more well-rounded movie overall. Yeah. You know, in terms of like story versus action versus production versus cinematography and everything. So, and just, I'm fucking so happy that Bruce has his happy ending finally after fucking what, nine of these movies or something like that now yeah. that we've watched. Yeah. Earlier. And they, all I had to do was, perfectly cast Catwoman and hook her up with him yeah. and he gets his happy ending so I'm in the same boat this is a 9 like I think I gave 10 out of 10 for the Dark Knight this is a 9 out of 10 especially now like watching it again I really enjoyed this movie a lot more than I ever had previously maybe it's just because it. I just want this shit to happen in real life now like I want Bane to show up and <laughs> tear down America from the inside it'd be fucking sweet to watch from Canada basically so <laughs> but yeah no this is fantastic and like yeah it's probably would you rank it that way? So would you go Dark Knight first, Rise is second, Begins yep, third? Absolutely. I would have to agree with that yep. ranking of these movies. Actually, that would be that, that's basically the top. My like, if you were going to rank them. all the Batman movies <laughs> we've done so far, that's still the top. Yeah, like the nothing only, changes. The only one there. that would come close. Uh, one one of the Keaton movies might come close to Batman Begins for me. I put eighty nine, probably right under yeah. it, and then actually they. Oh man, actually you know what? Then they're just chronological after that, basically. <laughs> Because, like, they, they get worse as they... What about Batman 66? Where's that go? Uh, uh, actually, that's a good point. Where would you put 66? Oh, fuck. It's so... It's so such an apples to oranges comparison that it's almost impossible. It is, but, like, to... in terms of me having fun with it, I would put it almost around Batman Begins. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I probably had more fun with that than I had with Returns. <laughs> and I definitely had more fun with it than I had with Forever and Robin. Yeah, yeah, so... definitely. It definitely comes above Batman Forever and Batman and Robin for me. And but probably comes in the same tier as the Burton movies for me. Yeah, I'd put it around 89. Definitely above fucking Returns. That's a piece <laughs> of shit to this day. So fuck that movie's <laughs> terrible. Either way, that's cool though. Like it's funny that our rankings are basically the same too yeah. when it comes to these movies, because it's so clearly like, yeah, Nolan is like years ahead of everybody else, and then it's just like, which one do you like better? Because obviously the number one is Dark Knight. <laughs> so like, which one do you like better out of the other two? Yeah. And like, I kind of come out like I like Rises because I mean, Anne Hathaway, Tom Hardy. I mean, Marion Cotillard's in there. So yeah. great. And then like everybody else gets a bunch of shit to do. And the action's way better shot in this. And like, it just it ties together as a production a lot better than Begins did. So agreed. Yeah. Awesome. All right, it's time for Geek Cred, and then we can get the fuck out of here. So, Tim, what's your Geek Cred for the week? I don't do Geek Creds for music very often, so I'm going to recommend the new Strokes album that came out in April, The New Abnormal. I've been listening to a lot over the summer, and it's got a lot of really solid tracks on it. It sort of 
is somewhat a return to like the form that they had on like is this it and but uh it's they've experimented here and there and i like the experiments where they do it i think you can really feel the impact of julian casablancas doing a song on random access memories for sure because there's a little bit of that like digital sound to it here and there so it's getting pretty good ratings as well like a uh, you know a and b kind of ratings from or you know four or five star ratings from uh music reviewers except fucking pitchfork who gave it like 5.7 because they're fucking pitchfork yeah, I, I got to, they finally put out a, a review for Ohms, like the Deftones album this week, Pitchfork, and it was like a 7.6. And everybody was like, that's actually pretty good for considering they used to give Deftones like one, like four point something. I remember like a, a two or something like that for self-titled in 2003. And it's funny because now Pitchfork has had to flip on Deftones yeah. because they're so popular in like the scene that Pitchfork covers, right? Like bands like Churches and stuff call Deftones a huge influence yeah. now for whatever reason so now pitchfork instead of being like oh they're just they're jock bro whatever like new metal horse shit they gotta be like well they were always actually a little bit better than all those other guys like they gotta go back and edit the way they talked about them in retrospect because like the deftones are a much better band than that and probably be more like lumped in with tool than like corn i guess like that's how i would think of it but fuck the, the reviews they get on Pitchfork, I mean, Pitchfork, I mean, we've talked about Pitchfork reviews being complete fucking garbage on any time we talk about Pitchfork. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Alicia, what do you want to recommend? Or do you have anything else you want to recommend? <laughs> no, that's it. All right, know. Alicia. <laughs> so, I continue to be a garbage person who does nothing but watch YouTube. So, I'm going to recommend another YouTube channel. There is a guy who does Let's Plays of Super Mario Maker, and he has recently started doing Let's Plays of the new Mario Battle Royale game they just came out with. And yeah, yeah his that. name is uh, DGR, and he's hilarious, mostly because he sucks at playing Mario Maker so fucking bad, and he likes playing <laughs> troll levels and just getting progressively more and more frustrated by it. It's great. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I gotta try that game. Actually, I saw it. it's free with your Switch Online, so I don't know. I have to give it a shot. For me, I'm actually just recommending that you follow me on Instagram. I'm doing October again this year, and I'm just I got a new list of fucking prompts, which com- like wasted two weeks worth of work, but whatever. They're better prompts. So if you go up to Instagram, mt underscore bullet, you can follow me there. Where I did, I think I did Creature of the Black Lagoon today, and we'll be posting a Cthulhu tomorrow. So exciting times if you're not doing something like that and you're into that kind of shit you may as well do it because you're going to be locked inside for another year anyway so you know have something to show for it create something (laughs) nice distract yourself from what's going on in the world by creating something new or go buy one of my prints at blackrangallery.com that would be dope also cool all right we all good yeah all right everybody thank you for listening we appreciate it uh especially as the world continues to burn around us good times um this has been episode 219 of dance robot dance if you haven't already please subscribe you can do that wherever you get your podcast from whether that be apple podcast google podcast stitcher or spotify if you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week or you just want to tell us we're wrong about what how we feel about dark knight rises or you want to tell alicia she's wrong about Anne hathaway even though she <laughs> doesn't care yeah, what she I thinks zero fucks about anyone else's opinion yeah <laughs> And she's not even on our Facebook group to fucking read it anyway. (laughs) So there you go. 
That's dope. But yeah, speaking of the Facebook group, you can hit us up facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. We are on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. I'm on Twitter also, uh, M underscore Willette, if you're looking for me. Uh, it's the same as my Instagram, just without the T. I fucking suck at picking social media names. There you go. Uh, or you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. So I've, Mark, I've been here with Tim. Time to go mobile. There it is. Jesus. And uh, Alicia, again, thank you for joining us. <laughs> It's always a pleasure to have your your smiling face on our An show. Indifferent opinion. <laughs> yes, especially the indifferent opinion. One of these days, we're going to have to have you come on here and do something you like. It, well, we did. I was on an episode where we were talking about talking. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So, we yeah, we have done that. There are other things I like than Tolkien, though. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, like, I just forced the guys to watch nine Batman movies. So, like, you could totally force us to watch Lord of the Rings if you <laughs> wanted to do that. I haven't seen those movies in for fucking ever. So, um, and you got to come to the fucking marathon then. Well, I'm not getting COVID. Like, sorry. <laughs> so, like, I'm not leaving. I'm never leaving the house again. Like, yeah, I'm marathon's not happening in person. Yeah. So, like, I'll, I'll do it online this year. Absolutely. But, like, I, I definitely think I haven't seen those movies in a while. And it would be fun to flip the fucking script here where I'm the indifferent one while you guys get on nerdy. And I'm just like, <laughs> What is all this mamby pamby fancy fucking wizard horse shit? Just fly the fucking things in or hire Conan to do it because <laughs> he'll do it fast and he'll get laid on the way for free. So there you go. Either way, it was it's always a pleasure to have you on there. Uh, again, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Go buy a print. Commissions are open. Blah, blah, blah. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.